Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which one should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Woolahan. Welp, here I am. Ouch! Yeah. That's, you really went with that one. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, so... Welcome um, back to Firefly. Welcome back to episode 100, Firefly. Uh, I'm just going to warn you now that uh, I have seen all of Firefly now, (laughs) and there's a really good chance that I get emotional at the end of this episode. There's a real good chance that I get more emotional at the end of this episode than I did at the Jakara episode, and Jakara almost ruined my life. That's how emotionally invested I am in Firefly now. I'm trying to remember which episode I got the most emotional during, and I think it was Muppets. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I'm... This could be up there with Muppets. Yeah. Um, So, something I want to go over before we start. Okay. Um, Now that Noah has seen every episode, we're not going to go beat by beat through the episodes like we did last episode. Yeah, not hardcore beat by beat. There's still a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Right, but I do want to... If you want, like, a hardcore episode by episode analysis, uh, check out our friends at Sudden But Inevitable. Yeah, they reached out to us. They're pretty awesome. So uh, they're they're doing one episode to one episode. They're not plowing through half the episode half the episodes at a time like yeah. we are. There will be some slight serenity spoilers, um, but uh, not not a lot. Just whatever Noah already knows going yeah. in. So I just wanted to kind of say you probably should watch. Uh, Firefly before watching, listening to this episode. Yeah, do not let this podcast be your experience with Firefly. No, uh, Firefly's... I, I feel like we can just cut off the stay tuned, stay doomed, because I think we think we know where we're going. It's pretty obvious. I think we know where we're going to stand here. So let's jump right into episode eight. Whoa. Before oh. we do that, we got to pour one out. Okay, what... On earth do you have there? I don't know why you always insult my drink. Like, it's always an abomination. It's usually an abomination. It's not an abomination this time. Uh, I made wife soup. So I wanted a hot beverage. So uh, it's, it's snowing. It, and it's snowing, so I wanted something warm. So I made some wife soup. I wanted to get, like, some gummy worms or some, like, shoestring licorice to be noodles, but I didn't have a chance to do that. But this is uh, some hot chocolate and some almond milk. I took a shot of peanut butter whiskey and threw that in there. I melted some white chocolate into it as well. Uh, And uh, I put a little cinnamon stick in it. But I chose a mug that is larger than said cinnamon stick. So it has been completely consumed by the black. Ooh. Ooh. Or the slightly off cream color. Yeah, so let's go ahead. Yeah, that's too many flavors. Yeah, I'm going to pass, actually. I think you'll like a sip, but I don't think you would like this as a beverage. This is very heavy. Yeah, it's very thick. Oh, no, hate it. 
Hate, hatred, hatred from Lara. Oh, I get one. so much white chocolate. There's a lot of white chocolate. And I taste hate too. white chocolate. So, ugh, bleh. Um, wife soup. <laughs> wife hates. Wife hates um, wife soup. Mine is a uh, pretty cunning, don't you think? Oh yeah. It is a tequila sunrise, but I picked this drink specifically. Uh, usually, I try to do a little more adaptation. Right. But I went for a straight up tequila sunrise because if you'll notice. The colors echo Jane's hat perfectly. That makes a lot of um, sense. So that I really wanted to do that for this one. I went a little nuts with the Kaylee drink last week, mm-hmm. so I wanted to do something a little more standard this week. Yeah. Makes sense. Looks good. Try it. I know what uh, tequila sunrise tastes like, but go ahead and have a little bit of it. Woo. Mm. Woo, you made that strong. Yep, and just like Jane, it packs a punch. It does indeed. It's just Ooh. like, uh, you had to have that, uh, the tribute to Vera in there. Yes. So this is Out of Gas. Um, yeah, we're starting with episode eight. If you haven't listened to part one, I don't know what you're doing here. So uh, listen to part <laughs> one of episode 100 first, and then join us here as we jump into episode eight, Out of Gas. Yeah, so this one's... Um, this one's a really interesting episode to start the second, mm-hmm. the second part of Stadium. Yeah, my, my with. first note is mood whiplash. Yes, um, because we the cold open is Mal and Zoe buying Serenity, and then we cut to Mal dying on the floor. Well, you see Mal fall first. Yes, because he's clearly been shot and he's not doing well. And then from the shot on the floor, the camera pans up to show Zoe and uh, Mal buying the ship. Yes. And then they kind of walk out of frame, and then the camera cuts back down, and you see, like, Mal bleeding out. Yes. This is a great short film. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just showed this as a short film, it tells you, like, there's still a lot of mystery of what happens, but it tells an entire story, which I loved. I love the opening to this. And so that the main plot of this episode is that uh, a key component of the engine has failed. Uh, some The piece that Kaylee has been complaining about since the pilot. Yes, the capacitor. Is it the capacitor? I believe it's the capacitor. Like the, I thought it was the catalyzer. Um, Maybe? I thought it was a capacitor. It's a catalyzer. Um, I just double checked. I thought it was the flux capacitor, which we all know makes time travel possible. <laughs> so, uh, the catalyzer has failed, despite Kaylee telling them they've needed a new one since the pilot. Mm-hmm. And the life support on the ship is failing. Yes. That's the main plot. And this is juxtaposed with kind of an origin story. Yes. For the crew. We obviously see how book... Simon and River came to be part of the group, but this is the origin for everyone else. Yes, uh, and they do this great thing where it's kind of a continuous shot from the present to the past. That's their way to do these transitions. And it's great. there's like a thick color change whenever we're in the past. Because wherever they bought the ship from, it was like a bright, sunny planet. Right. Uh, and the ship is currently dark and cold and in space. Yeah. Uh this also starts with, like, a very pastoral, sweet opening. Because uh, it's Simon's birthday. Yeah, it is Simon's birthday. And everyone's kind of, like, chilling and happy. And it's very 
interesting watching an episode of Firefly where the threat is intern not maybe not internals the word but it's not uh human it's just situational yeah where the threat is not someone on the ship it's not someone outside the ship the threat is the ship yeah very um, interesting and th- there's some great character stuff here mm-hmm. of uh river has a moment of lucidity where she kind of makes up a thing she's like in space time is a construct and then she looks at him and goes i didn't get you anything And it's just like a great, like, she tries to come up with this, like, high-minded reason that she totally didn't know her brother's birthday. Yeah. But it's very, very cute. Uh, And then all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. And I I really liked that part of it. Yeah. Uh, So I wanted to kind of show that the crew is all getting along at the beginning of this. Mm Because we have you know, conflicts throughout the crew. And these moments, I think, where everyone is family and it's cute and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realize when an explosion occurs that something has gone yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Zoe is immediately dispatched. Yes. Because Gina Torres was going on her honeymoon. Oh, that makes sense. So they uh, they wanted to kind of give Gina Torres as much time off this episode as possible. Okay. Uh, so that's why she's not in a lot of it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so a few things I want to say that, about how I love this episode. This episode is so good if you put it right up against um, the the Shindig episode. Yes. Because I said during Shindig that it really shows how helpless the crew is without Mal. Yes. Because they're all sitting there talking about doing something and they don't do anything. But then Mal shows up and everything's like, okay, because Mal was able to handle things on his own. This episode shows you how weak Mal is without his crew. This episode aired right before Shindig. Really? Yes. That's what I wanted to ask. It yes. is. It, I kind of dig that they did that then. Yeah. Uh, because basically it shows there's a great scene where... Uh, they're they're dealing with Zoe in the infirmary. Infirmary is the right word? Infirmary, yes. Yeah. And Wash is crying because it's his wife. And Mal has to throw Wash up against the wall and say, like, I need you to drive the ship. Yeah. And this is a great moment because it's showing, like, wow, Mal's the captain and he doesn't know how to do anything. No. Nope. Because there's another scene later where he's talking to Kaylee, like, Show me how you're going to fix this. And Kelly's like, I can't. He's like, that's not a good enough answer. Make this work. Like, he doesn't know how to make it work. But he needs his crew to do that. Super cool juxtaposition here. It's also really, really great. Uh, They show the origin of how Wash comes to them. Yes. And, like, they interview Wash for the... Wash has glowing recommendations. Mm -hmm. And they interview him for the job. Zoe and Mal walk away, and Zoe goes, I don't like him. What? Just something about him bothers me. What? What about him bothers you? I'm not sure. It's something. Well, your something comes up against a list of recommendations as long as my leg. Tanaka raves about this guy. Renshaw's been trying to get him on his crew for a month. And we need us a pilot. I understand, sir. He bothers me. Yes. It, it boggled my mind to see Zoe and Wash... Before they knew each other? Yeah. Instead, like, not even that they're just not married, but, like, this is before even courtship or anything like that. Because, in my mind, they were always married. 
Yeah. So like to kind of see this moment like, wow, there was a time on the ship where they weren't very interesting. I also have in all caps, wash his mustache. Yes. Dear God. Well, I, this is one of those tricks they have to do to show the passing of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they always have to, like, change the hair or change the facial hair. Because you can't really change age very much mm-hmm. on screen without casting another actor. Yeah. And But I do love this because it does fit in with a line Zoe has in the first half of, uh, Captain wanted me to find a pilot. I found a husband. Right. So we knew that... He was hired first. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that he was hired first and Zoe was not thrilled about it. Yeah. Uh, Their love story is one I do wish we got more of in uh, in Firefly. It is a wonderful little love story. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, they establish that Kaylee is not the original mechanic. Yes. Uh, What was that guy's name? Bester. Bester. I was like, I know it's a B. Uh, Bester, who's an idiot. And I hate this. That's totally fair. Uh, He goes to talk to Bester and he's having sex with someone next to the engine. Yeah. And then it is revealed to be Kaylee. Yes. And Kaylee's like, I can fix this. Look, boom, fixed. And then basically they imply Bester gets fired here and Kaylee joins the ship. Uh, I hate this whole idea that basically... Kaylee would have went to bed with anyone to be near an engine. Yeah, like, it's not a great implication. Yeah, because Bester says, like... Engines get her hot. Engines get her hot. I was like, ugh. Like, we've established Kaylee as kind of this ideal picture of innocence. Which is funny, because her actress actually openly refers to Kaylee as being, quote, a bit of a floozy. Really? Yeah, but I think... Uh, part of it is that we don't know anything about Bester and we don't like him. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird establishing moment for Kaylee. Yeah. Because I, I kind of thought, because you mentioned this when we were watching it, and I was like, what would have been a better establishing moment for her? And I had this vision of like Mal and Zoe trying to buy parts and Kaylee kind of hearing an unscrupulous seller trying to upsell them on things they don't need mm-hmm. and her just popping out and going, you don't need that. Yeah, like, based on what I'm hearing, it's a Firefly, right? Like, something like that. Uh, It's this whole thing. Or even just, like, a Firefly. I've never seen one. Can I see it? Mm -hmm. And then, like, they let her see it, and she fixes it. And, like, it bothers me that when Mal offers Kaylee the job, Kaylee's response is, that sounds great. I just need to ask my folks. So that, like, level of innocence returns immediately, where she's still, like, somebody's little girl. Yeah, and the like, actress mm. is very young. Like, because um, I looked up how old the actors were when this was filmed. Uh, because the idea, because I was like, they're all still working and they all kind of still look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jewel State was like 20. So I was like, how old is Kaylee supposed to be slash how old was Kaylee when they pulled her aboard? Like, she has to ask her parents, which implies she's like very young. Yeah, it's it's just it's a thing that bums me out. Uh, I also have a note here because uh, they're running out of oxygen mm-hmm. because life support's not working. I immediately went, "Why doesn't the spaceship have plants?" I mean, I guess because there's not ways for them to photosynthesize. I mean, I guess if you could have air, I feel like that's a weird space thing. I I think it be that like plot point 
has appeared in so much science fiction after Firefly. Like, that's what they do in The Martian. That's what they do in Mr. Mission to Mars and stuff. It's like, yeah, we brought plants so we didn't die. Then I was just like, ah, I can't believe they never thought, hey, let's get a bush. <laughs> Ooh, it'll make us food. But I guess it could be the issue of, like, food being scarce that, like, seeds would be super expensive. Yeah, that and, like, on The Martian, doesn't he have access to, like, sunlight? Yes, because he's on a So they don't really necessarily have access to plant, to sunlight for the plants. Yeah, I mean, you can get a lamp. Yeah, I guess. Anywho, going from some of the present moments, we also do see a few more minutes of Inara and Simon having their friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really like their friendship because they're kind of on equal social stance. She is a companion. He was, he came from money. He was the kind of man who could have afforded a companion. Mm -hmm. So like they kind of are on that wavelength that they understood each other. And I want to point out where he says, I don't want to die on this ship. And Inara says, I don't want to die at all. Mm -hmm. This was meant to be foreshadowing. Uh, This was not confirmed until 2008, but the next season was supposed to have uh, a plot point that Inara is terminal. Really? Inara is suffering from a terminal illness. Okay. Um, We're going to talk about that a little more when we get into Heart of Gold. Okay. Uh, But I wanted to show that foreshadowing uh, because it's a great, it's a great moment with Simon and Inara. Mm -hmm. And it also is one of the few really clear bits of foreshadowing we get. Yeah. We also get this great line from Simon of, it was my birthday. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few times we see Simon show a little selfishness. Yeah. Uh, Because he's an idiot a lot of the time. Yeah. But he's never selfish. And this moment of, like, it was my birthday. My birthday. And, like, the idea that, like, it was the only time that it was about him. Mm-hmm. Also, River and Book. River and Book do have some good moments in here. Yes. Where Book is reading the Bible and River, like, exp- she's like, you're afraid. Don't be afraid. You're afraid we're going to run out of air and that we'll die gasping. That's not going to happen. And he, like, kind of is just like... Okay. And like, he's comforted by it. She goes, well, freeze first. (laughs) Yeah. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's this perfect moment with Book and River. We've kind of set up so much of their relationship. Keep walking, preacher man. Mm -hmm. Like their relationship is one I really like that I, I would have liked more exploration of in future seasons Mm -hmm. of like, he's kind of like her grandfather in a way of like, he's that figure to her. And we get a lot of Mal and Wash clashing in this episode. Because Wash's first priority is he's trying to protect and help and be there for Zoe, Mm -hmm. who is desperately injured. Mm -hmm. And Mal is trying to get the good of the ship. Yes. I love the sequence where they're arguing about, like, what to do next. Yeah. And And he's like, well, why don't you try to add power to... The beacon that's out there. All that'll do is strengthen the beacon. Then somebody could help us. Well, I guess you should do that. I guess I should. What, like... Mal knows that this is how he needs to talk to Wash right now. To make stuff happen. It shows how good he is as a captain. This episode's so good. It's you want to know so why Wash good. is so mad in this scene? Why? Uh, this was a late ad. And Alan Tudyk 
was pissed that he had to to memorize all of the techno babble. Oh, okay. Because it, it's a lot of jargon in this scene, mm-hmm. and science fiction jargon is always very difficult because half of it is like made up words. Yes. So. Uh, so what ends up happening at the end of this, I think we could jump to that, is... The beacon reaches someone and the, someone wants well, to hijack the ship. I think it's very important that we mention that... The crew has to leave. The crew jumps in the two shuttles and takes off in different directions in the hope something happens. Yeah, and there's a re- the recall button. Yeah. Uh, Wash rigs up a button that when the, if the captain hits it, it'll call both shuttles back. Yes. Um, there's a cute story with this button, which is, I think, why you wanted me to mention it. Okay. Of what uh, Alan Tudyk, who played Wash, stole this button offset mm-hmm. and gave it to Joss Whedon, saying, like, if you hit this, it'll call us right back. Mm-hmm. I also, the way the shuttles are set up is, like, peak tragic. It's Wash, Zoe, Simon, and River, because Simon has to go with Zoe because she's injured. Mm-hmm. Book, Kaylee, Jane, and Ara. So, like, you're... S- you're separating Book from Simon and River, who he's kind of developed a rapport with. Mm. You're separating Kaylee from Simon. And you're, you know, separating Inara from Simon. Yeah. So, like, you're kind of separating all of these people who've grown to really care about each other. Mm-hmm. That's the coffee maker. Yeah, it's always the coffee that's, maker. That's, that's now part of the show, is when will the coffee maker go off? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a great episode. And we find out that uh, Mal... Like, shoots himself with adrenaline. He does everything he can to defend his ship. He gets rid of the uh, pirate that... Oh, yeah. Let's let's slow down a little bit. Okay. Because you're, you're jumping ahead of a lot of stuff. Uh, we, we spend some time alone with Mal, where he's just kind of sitting there hoping that someone gets this beacon while he's, like, getting ready to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he suddenly gets uh, a message from someone, and they don't trust each other. Uh, and uh, he starts begging the, these people for, it's not a capacitor, what was it? A catheter? <laughs> no, a catalyzer. A catalyzer. And the guy's like, catalyzer is not worth anything. He's like, you'd think that until you don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you don't have an ambush. And it's like, okay, you show me the piece before I open my door. Mm-hmm. And they show him the piece, and he opens the door. And, and they ambush him. And they ambush him, and Mal gets shot. <laughs> but he manages to fight them off, despite having been shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, we do get the origin with Inara in this part as well. Yes, we do need to talk about this, because this bugs me later. The Inara is leasing the shuttle, because there's two shuttles in Serenity, and she's leasing one of them so that she can companion. Mm-hmm. Um... And she and Mal kind of have their standard tiff. And he calls her a whore. Like, while trying to sell her on the shuttle. Yes. And she's like, uh, you're going to sell this to me. And you're going to cut your uh, price to 25%, like to a quarter of what you're asking for. Because you want the clout of having a companion on your ship. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the last time you ever call me a whore. Mm-hmm. I find that sentence to be very important for what comes up later. Because to me, a lot of the stuff that comes up later doesn't make sense now. But she's also, She also establishes that she was on the opposite side of the war they were. She supported unification. Oh yeah, that's right. So it, it, we get this, and but we get this juxtaposed with Inara 
begging him not to go down with the ship. Yeah. She's trying to get them to come with her. Mm -hmm. And she says, Mal, you don't have to die alone. And he says, everyone dies alone. Yeah. And like everybody goes and then Mal is crawling to the bridge. He gets the engine to work again with that piece. He's crawling to the bridge to try to hit that button. Mm-hmm. And he almost makes it. And he collapses. Passes out. And he wakes up in the infirmary. Lights on. Air. Mm. Simon. Yeah. And uh, Zoe's kind of in the corner, bandaged up, just being like, yeah, today sucks. Yeah, I woke up and told everyone to turn around. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to just let you die on the ship, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, so we get... And then... Inara's shuttle came back shortly after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the impression that, you know, Wash and Zoe got back, saw everything was cool, and was like, Inara, come, ho- come home. Yeah. So everybody, like, gets back and, you know, it, it becomes the beginning again, essentially. I kind of took it that both ships turned around. Uh, like, both ships disobeyed orders and were like, no, we have to go back. This is dumb. Well, uh, Jane is really super suspicious about it. Because Jane's like, yeah, that's what we did, too. Oh, right, right. Because we also see how they get Jane, which I like. This is a really good one to do, not sequentially. Uh, They just seduce Jane by giving him more than the other mercenary. Yeah, he shows up to rob them. And then Mal's like, why don't you jump on this side? I'll give you more of a share. And he just immediately shoots his friends. Yeah, they were or like his coworkers. He was like, "What are you getting?" He goes seven percent, and Zoe's like, "Oof." <laughs> and Mal looks at Zoe and goes, "I'm overpaying you." Yeah. Um, and then I, the one I love is Jane goes, "Private bunk," <laughs> and Mal's like, "You don't have your own bunk." <laughs> like they play it really well. Of like, you don't. You're not getting this? You're getting screwed, bud. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots the other people. It's very funny. Yes. Uh, so let's move into episode nine now, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. yep So our next episode is um, Ariel. Yes. This is my least favorite episode. Really? I, it's not objectively lower quality. The, lo- the lowest quality episode we'll get to in this half is to, as well. This is just my least favorite. Yeah, I get upset a lot. Um, this is the heist. Yes. I know we have a lot of heists, but this is the one that feels the heistiest. Yes. Can I ask you a question before we really jump into this? Sure. My first note for this episode is presented by Taco Bell. Do you have any idea why I wrote that? Oh, because we had turned it on and it said presented by Taco Bell and you were like, yes, a perfect TV show. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the Hulu feed we watched was presented, by Taco, with presented by Taco Bell and you love Taco Bell. I do. Uh, this is Murder in Small Town X part two. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think these were the same year actually. Oh no, a year later because uh, Murder in Small Town X aired in 2001. This yes. aired in 2002. So uh, Inara needs to get her physical exam. Uh, that's how it's, that's why they're going to a Central planet. Yes. And Mal is like, nobody get off the boat. This is stupid. I don't even want to be here. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we know now that Inara's physical exam is a little bit more than it lets on. uh, Because we know about the terminal illness subplot. Oh, right. That's a good point. So, uh, I kind of wanted to also kind of show that they're clearly beginning to build toward this subplot. Okay. Um. 
But she says it's because she has to as a companion. Yes. But it's a two-day physical exam. Yeah. Which I was like... That is suspicious. I, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. So she kind of says, like, this is something I have to do. But it's like, you're going to a central planet where we've established they have really good hospitals. So you're clearly setting up that she's going to a doctor for a very intensive yeah. doctor's appointment. Yeah. So uh, just two things before we get into the big heist, I want to yeah. say, is uh, Wash wants to get off the boat so he can feed pigeons. He wants to do something on a central I, planet. I, I have a note, I am Wash. Because yes. I love to like feed ducks and stuff. So I was like, oh, Wash is awesome. Well, there's also a point where he's trying to get Zoe to come off the ship with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, Simon, sell Zoe on getting off the ship. And he's like, and Inara's like, there are beautiful museums and fine restaurants. And Wash goes, but there's also not boring stuff too, right? <laughs> yeah, such a good line. And uh, Simon goes, well, you can swim in a bioluminescent lake. And I was like, oh, what a terrible checkoff set piece. Because we didn't get to see the bioluminescent lake. Yeah. Which I'm like, that could have been a really fun scene. Yeah, we could have... A glow lake. Yeah, we could have had that... We could have reenacted Final Fantasy X. It's a shame. Uh, uh, and then River stabs Jane. Oh, yeah, River... I forgot. That's the catalyst for this episode. Yeah, River just, like, takes a butcher's knife and just slashes him across the chest. And she's like, he looks better in red. And everyone's like, ooh, River problem. And so Jane is super pissed. Yes. Uh, One more, like, small thing I want to bring up before we get into the heist. Okay. Uh, I found it so strange that they're playing horseshoes. Because one thing that they've done is establish their own sports and games throughout this with tall card and not basketball that they play. Yep. So for them to be playing horseshoes, I was just like, oh, that's weird. Also, horseshoes, like, horses do show up way too much in this show. So I was just like, oh, I guess they would have horseshoes. Yeah, it's a Western. I just thought that was interesting. I will stop interrupting the heist now. Heist. In the heist. Um, that, was a, that was a me joke right there. Yeah. Uh, so they're on the central planet and they're trying to find work. Yes. But Mal is very reluctant to take any work. Mm-hmm. And Simon goes, you can stop looking. There's a client. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, me. I am the client now. Yes. And he needs to get into a sophisticated, uh, essentially what seems like a sophisticated MRI. Yes. To photomap River's brain to find out what happened to her under mm-hmm. Alliance care. And he kind of barters, I'll tell you where the med vault is. Yeah, and you can sell it on the street and it's worth lots of money. Yeah, he kind of like shows what's in his med bag and how much his medicine that he just has on him is worth. And is like, it's a government run facility. Unlike in the train job, there is no moral issue. Yeah. Selling. Like, this is stealing... It'll be restocked immediately. Yeah, this is stealing from the government. This isn't stealing from, like, poor people who need it. Take, take, take. Take, mm. take, take. And so they they plan out this heist. And Simon knows what he's doing. Yes. Like, he has maps and diagrams and a PowerPoint. And it's really, really well planned. Yes. We have to talk about how awesome Kaylee is. Uh, and Wash. And Wash, because they go to, like, a scrapyard, and then they build, like, an am- a flying ambulance? Yeah, they refit the, hu- like, the burned-out husk of an old EMT helicopter. Mm-hmm. 
and make a new one from scratch. Yeah, in insane. In no time. And you're like, oh, you know, they could probably have made an honest living doing that. So they are in the scrapyard and uh, there's this great moment where Wash picks up something, looks at it and throws it. It's the catalyzer. It's the part that would have saved all of their lives in the previous episode. That's crazy. Uh, I I noticed that it's Wash who picks it up and yeets it. Mm-hmm. Kaylee doesn't even see this happen. Yeah, I- I'm curious. Because I feel like if I was Kaylee, I'd be like, no, take that with us. Uh, so this is the episode on Hulu that follows Out of Gas. Would this have aired before Out of Gas? Let me check my old... Um, no, okay. this aired a few after Out okay. of Gas. Uh, Shindig and Our Mrs. Reynolds aired between this and Out of Gas. Okay, I just thought that would have been interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I love that that happened. What a fun little Easter egg to include. And you don't have to make a new prop. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's efficient. So, for the actual heist part, uh, Kaylee and Book are on the boat. Or Book's not even... They wrote Book out of this episode. Book's like at a monastery somewhere. He's, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. So we, we don't have any book in this episode. And Kaylee just gets back on the ship. Yes. Uh, we don't see Kaylee for most of the rest of the episode. Right. Wash spends most of this episode on the roof in the uh, to-go cart, mm-hmm. waiting to rendezvous with everybody. Right. The factions are Simon, River, and Jane, mm-hmm. and Mal and Zoe. Yes. Mal and Zoe, uh, they do the Romeo and Juliet trick of they drug... Simon and River mm-hmm. to appear dead. Yes. And uh, they kind of drag them into the MRI room. Yes. And they come around. Well, they drag them to the morgue. Yes. Uh, but we need to talk about like the amazing part of the planning where when they're brought in, each of them have this like mumbo jumbo medical oh, jargon. this is funny. That they practice over and over again so that no one stops them. And Jane has a huge problem with it. Jane yeah. cannot pick up the medical jargon because the, they're supposed to be posing as EMTs. Yeah. And that they're bringing these two corpses in. So there's at least a solid three minute montage of them practicing this. And then they roll up and they're like, I got two bodies for the morgue. And the person goes, okay. And they all stare at each other for a moment. Well, and then just Jane tries to say his lines anyway. <laughs> Jane's like, I practiced this. I'm saying it. And the <laughs> the person at the desk is like, essentially just goes, cool. <laughs> like, j- the does not care. Like, so what a well-crafted joke. We spent so much time on it. Like, <laughs> it's a great payoff. It made me so happy. Um... So Jane brings them back in the morgue and there's this great thing where they come around and Simon is coughing and feels like garbage Mm -hmm. and Jane kind of like gives him shit for it. And he's like, your sister handled this fine. Yeah. And then the next thing we hear is as River throws up on everything. Yes. Um, So we get this moment where Simon is posing as a doctor. Go fig. Yeah. And he's... I, I just want to back up a smidge. Okay. Uh, because there is this time before that they wake up where Jane is kind of sitting there. And I say out loud, because it's Jane alone now, Jane, be cool. Because my thought is he's going to try to steal some extra stuff because he's Jane. 
and he walks out and he goes up to like a the touch cortex. screen. Yeah. And he hits police. So I was like, what? And the feds are like, hey, I have your... <laughs> Come up on the screen. And Jane's like, I have your fugitives. I, I have Jane and then a sad face because I am so heartbroken that this happens. Yeah. Jane sells, is planning to sell Simon and River out. Yeah. So the, Simon pretend is... Pre- Pretending to be a doctor is pretending to be a doctor who belongs here. Yes. River is his patient and Jane is like an orderly. Mm-hmm. And River kind of, River shows this like precog situation and she goes, that man's going to die. And Simon's like, could you not? Yeah. These are the best doctors in the world. It'll be fine. Um, and then she goes, they're killing that man. And then the man crashes. Mm-hmm. Simon successfully gets the man back. Yeah. Stabilizes him. And then full-on Dr. Cox reams out a resident. Yeah, because he mixed medications that caused this problem. Yes. This is amazing in so many ways, because you you brought this up, Mm -hmm. that this shows how brilliant Simon is and how he could have just been an amazing doctor and had this great life. Yeah. Like, that is very powerful. I personally believe, had this gotten another season... Later on, we would run into a character that was like, yeah, I was dying in the hospital and some doctor that no one knew came out of nowhere and saved my life. Like, that is such a Joss Whedon setup. And I named my hamster after him. And I named my hamster after him. <laughs> like, something like that yeah. was totally going to be down the pipeline. Especially because it's like, all we know about the patient is that he's like a 40-year-old dude. Mm-hmm. So that's a really easy person to bring back. So... Uh, there's a great sequence in the supply room with Mal and Zoe just stealing everything. Mm-hmm. They take the body bags that they brought in Simon and River. Yeah. And they are just... Selling them up. Nickelodeon super toy run. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a great moment where uh, Mal pulls his sleeve up mm-hmm. and he has all the drugs that are worth something written on his arm. Yeah. Which is such a good, like, Mal thing. Mm-hmm. This is also where he keeps telling Zoe, uh, just, you know, smile. Just look at people and smile. And Zoe's like, people here don't smile. He's like, sure they do. And Mal smiles at someone and the person immediately goes, wait, who are you? Yeah. Well, and then, like, this doctor's kind of on them and they defib him to knock him out. (laughs) And Simon kind of goes on about what they've done to River. Yes. And the shorthand version is that they've Removed her ability to filter emotions. Yes. Uh, She feels everything. Mm -hmm. And he's very upset. And uh, Jane is like, okay, well, we got to go now. And Simon's like, I could use more time. And Jane's like, change your plans. Yeah, the plan's different now. And River starts to freak out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because River senses that they're in trouble. Right. And all three of them get arrested. And we find out the Alliance officer is selling Jane out. Too. Yeah, because why pay him when you could just arrest him for harbor, harboring uh, fugitives? That's, yep. that's a cheaper way to do it. Uh, it's not a cheaper way. The reward still gets paid out. It just gets paid out to him instead. Yeah. Because he's saying, you mean my reward money. Mm-hmm. And Mal and Zoe are like, uh, there's a lot of problems now. And Kaylee, the one time we see Kaylee for the rest of the episode, she reports to Zoe. She's like, I'm picking up chatter. They have them. The yeah. feds have the Tams and Jane. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Jane and Simon have like this great fight scene where they are handcuffed. Yes. Where Jane kills a dude. Yeah, Jane just straight up kills a dude. Uh, Now, while all this is happening, we have these scientists wearing these blue gloves. Two by two, hands of blue. That are like on their way to, to pick them up. And they're creepy. And they're creepy and they have this weird thing that makes your face explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have like a, what looks like the Neuralizer from Men in Black, mm-hmm. but it essentially makes your organs explode. Yeah, it just makes you bleed out your eyes and stuff. Yeah, it bleed it's out of, horrible. You bleed out of everything. Yeah. Because you see them bleeding out of their fingernails too. Mm-hmm. And they do this to two feds who say they spoke to Simon and River. Yeah. They don't know anything about them. Just that they spoke to them. So, like, it made me immediately be like, you know, are they wearing something in their ears that stops this thing from working? Like, there's something special or different There's something about off about them. They remind me a little bit of the gentleman from Hush. Yes. Yeah, I got that vibe, too. They're off-putting. Uh, there's definitely an uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. They don't look quite human. Yeah. But you can't really place why. Um, so, uh, there's kind of, like... A bit of a chase Mm -hmm. where they're trying to evade the hands of blue. Mm -hmm. And River's kind of leading them because they're like, she knows because she's has powers. Yeah. And River leads them right to a locked door that Mal and Zoe are on the other side of and they blast it open Mm -hmm. and they narrowly escape. Uh, Inara shows up and is like, hi, everybody, I'm back. And it's just (laughs) Kaylee being like. Everyone's real late. Yeah, it's been a day. But this is a very successful heist. <laughs> well, there's also this very cute thing of... Kaylee doesn't really know things are, like, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. So Anara's like, what's happened? She goes, well, we killed Simon and River, and then the feds got them. And then, like, yeah, just very Kaylee, very cheerful. Uh, and they get back, and Simon is lauding Jane. Yeah. You were amazing. We never would have done this without you. Yeah. You're the... Like... We finally get this moment where, like, Simon Simon loves and respects Jane. Yeah, because I didn't realize that Simon and River never realize that Jane sold them out. Yes. Uh, and because I looked at you like, is Simon just being cool? But no, no, he's completely unaware. And uh, there's, like, a moment where Jane's kind of like, yeah, I'm real good. I did a great thing. And then Mal... Fucking hits him with a wrench. And I, I screamed, yes, fuck you. <laughs> I was so glad this happened. And then we get this, like, really tense scene between Mal and Jane, where Jane's in the hold airlock. Yeah, he's in the airlock. And they're airlock. talking via walkie-talkie. Yes. And Mal is opening the door. Not yes. all the way, just a little crack, so that when they get into outer space... He'll be sucked out. Yeah. Horribly. And Mal's like, You called the feds. What? I got pissed. Which is what happens when you call the feds. No, I would never do that, my hand to God. May strike me down as I'm standing here. Well, you won't be standing there long. The minute we break ammo, you'll be a lot thinner once you get sucked out that hole. Oh, come on now. That ain't no way for a man to die. You know, I hear tell they used to keel haul traders back in the day. I don't have a keel to haul you on, so. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, all right? Sorry for what, Jake? 
I thought you'd never do such a thing. Hunter was too good. I got stupid. I'm sorry, okay? Be a reason of all. What are you taking this so personal for? It ain't like I ran you out to the fence. Well, but you did. You turn on any of my crew, you turn on me. And look, logistically, that could have gotten Wash, Zoe, and Mal killed easily. Oh, yeah. Because, like, now you know there's something going down. If a security crackdown happens, they're going to look much closer at anyone who can't immediately be recognized. Mm-hmm. So, like, he could have gotten all of them killed. And uh, Jane's main defense is, like, I got stupid. The money was too good. Mm-hmm. And Mal only allows Jane back on board. When Jane begs Mal to lie about what happened. Yeah, he says, like... What are you going to tell the others? About what? About why I'm dead. I hadn't thought about it. Make something up. Don't tell them what I did. So there's kind of this moment of, like, I know I screwed up, but please don't tell these people how horrible I am. Which is so fascinating. And uh, the episode ends with uh, Simon coming to River to visit. And uh, she looks at him very sadly and goes, is it time to go to sleep again? Mm -hmm. And the episode ends on him going, no, Maymay, it's time to wake up. Yes. So it kind of ends on this note of hope that now Simon knows what's happened to River. And maybe, just maybe, he can save his sister. Yeah. Uh, It dawns on me here. Yeah. Based on that line, that in the opening, the the opening theme song to this, you see River in like the frozen box mm-hmm. that they open up and find her in, which no one would have seen. Yeah. When this aired live, because they show the pilot last. Well, when you watch the opening sequence, all of Mal and Zoe's B roll. Yeah, is, is from, from the pilot. That o- that opening that, scene that essentially. War, yeah. So that's that episode. It's my least favorite. It's just I'm surprised. I thought this was fantastic. It's well done. It's just my least favorite. Yeah. Um, the next one is fantastic. Yes. The next one is. I, you kind of hit this point where you're like, "Come on, we need a wash episode." Well, I got to talk about the beginning before we even get to wash because there's a few like really good things that happen. Okay. Uh, one, it is subtly mentioned they're all eating apples. Yes. And it is subtly mentioned that, like, yeah, Jane bought all these apples for us. It's like, oh, that's Jane's apology. Yeah, Jane's being uncharacteristically generous with his share. Because they're they're all kind of loaded right now. Yeah. They're flush with cash because they've been selling off the drugs. Mm -hmm. And there's this really good, cute Kaylee and River moment Mm -hmm. where River steals Kaylee's apple. Yeah. And... That's where we find out about the crate of apples. Because Zoe's like, there's other apples. Yeah. And Kaylee's like, that's mine. my apple. And Kaylee eventually gets the drop on River. Which you can only assume is River allows Kaylee to get the drop on her. Yeah. And Kaylee brags, no power in the verse can stop me. Yes. And chomps down the apple. And everyone... It's kind of like the beginning of Out of Gas. Yes. Where it's this life on the ship, slice of life. Everyone's happy for right now. Uh, I want to briefly also talk about the war story that gets told. Yes. Because Kaylee says, Zoe, how come you always cut your apples? Yeah. Which, first off, I don't think that's weird. 
I don't think it's weird that someone cuts up their apples. So I thought it was just a weird question. And Zoe tells a tale of how during the war with the Alliance, uh, there was a moment where they were out of ammo and they, were, they had no orders. So they were just kind of sitting there and talking to the other side. Yeah. We mentioned that we were out of rations and 10 minutes later, a bunch of apples rained into the trench. And they grew into a big tree, and they all climbed up the tree into a magical land with unicorns and a harp. Blew off their heads, huh? I don't understand the end of this story. Uh, they embedded grenades in the apples. That's what I thought they were saying. So, a couple of people bit into apples and died. And exploded. So now Mal and Zoe kind of have this Pavlovian, like, I cut my apples because I never know. Yes. It's it's like how you check your toilet for a bomb after watching Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, or like you check behind your shower curtain after you watch a horror movie. Gotcha. Only, like, in this situation, there was a guy behind your shower curtain one time and now yeah. you check all the time. Because, like, my thought when I first heard it was, oh, they got out of their hole to grab the apple and they shot them. And I was like, but that doesn't answer why they cut out, open their stuff. Was it apples disguised as grenades or grenades disguised as apples? So they went full uh, Cave Johnson. Yes. And then they turned fruit into explosives. Yes. It's like the razor blade in the apple, urban legend. Yeah, but, but it's real a bad. Um,. And the things that we establish here is that Anara is having a very important client, mm-hmm. and the client is coming on the ship. Yes. And so she wants everybody to GTFO. Uh, the other thing that we establish here is that Wash is getting a little graded by the Captain and Zoe. Mm-hmm. And the Captain and Zoe are old, close friends, and Wash is starting to get really like heated about... How close they are and how Wash sometimes feels like an outsider in his own marriage. Yes. He says this marriage needs one less husband. Yes. And Wash has an idea to cut out some middlemen that mm-hmm. were helping them broker some sales. And Zoe first claims she told the captain the captain kiboshed the idea. Mm-hmm. Wash complains and then Zoe has to admit that she also didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah. And so Wash is like furious mm-hmm. that like... Zoe has lied to him to side with Mal. Yeah. And Book is back on the ship. Yeah. And he's kind of yelling at Kaylee and Jane because Kaylee and Jane are like hiding in the cargo hold to catch a glimpse of Anara's client. Mm -hmm. And I also like these little moments of like Kaylee and Jane bonding. Mm -hmm. uh, Because the only person Jane genuinely seems to care about is Kaylee. Right. So this is, these moments when they like they do something stupid together, mm-hmm. and we find out that the client is a woman. Yeah. And then Jane says the famous line. I'll be in my bunk. It, that's just a very famous line from Firefly. Yeah. Zoe and Maller planning to take the other shuttle to go deal with this business deal. Wash insists he go instead. Yes. And finally, like. Zoe's like, you know what? Go. Fine. Yeah. Uh, let's just get this done. Mm-hmm. The sooner you do this, the sooner we can leave. Mm-hmm. Um, Inara and the counselor have a scene because Fox. Yeah. Um, like, ooh, women. Yeah. It's early 2000s Fox. I feel like we get this scene 
One, Anara has had very little to do the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we needed to like... They, they always kind of need to figure out a side plot for Inara. Because she's... Unless it's the whole ship. There's not a lot to do with Inara when it's a crime episode. Mm-hmm. And there's really not much else to do with her in this episode. Right. Wash and Mal are kidnapped by Niska. Yes, Niska returns. <laughs> My favorite character from episode two that I was like, ah, they spent too much time on him for him to be a throwaway character. He's not. He's back. And he's eviler than ever. And he is super mad that Mal didn't go through with the train job. Even though Mal repaid him. Mm-hmm. Even though Mal, like, tried to settle it. Yeah. He thinks his reputation has taken a hit and that Mal's made a fool of him. So he takes Mal and Wash and begins to torture them. Yes. He's going to kill them over days. They kind of have this moment of, they should be back by now. So Zoe and Book go to check it out. And this is, again, one of these great moments with Book. Where we realize that Book knows more than he ought to. Yes. Because Book kind of like Sherlock scans and was like, so I know a lot about crimes. And Zoe's mm-hmm. like, huh? Yeah. And, but Zoe's like, oh, it was totally Niska. Yeah. And Book's like, well, that sucks. Um, well, we we got to talk about this torture scene. Yes. That's actually the next part. Okay. So Wash and Mal are basically tied up. Yeah. To these like standing stretchers. And they're being electrocuted. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. But they're having an argument about Zoe. Yes. And it basically, like, it's this brutally, like, vicious argument that's interrupted by these electric shocks. And Mal basically says, I'm fine, I'm going to sleep with her just to show you that that, that there's nothing between us. I'm just going to sleep with her so we get this out of the way. And at this one moment... Wash starts to pass out. Mm-hmm. And Mal's like, no, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to bang your wife. Listen to me. And it's like, oh, this is to keep their mind off the torture. Is yes. why they're having this uh, this argument. There's also great scene. This, this great moment of Wash is just furious. He's like, has she ever disobeyed an order from you? And he says, yes, I told her not to marry you. Yes. Now, I wanted to ask you, do you think this is Mal adding to the argument, or do you think this is true? Um, I, you know, I kind of think that Mal genuinely would not have wanted Zoe to get married. I agree. Because Mal is so against shipboard romances. Yeah, but he's not because he's so supportive of Kaylee and Simon. I almost kind of feel like he doesn't consider that the same thing. Because one day he thinks Simon's going to get off the ship. <laughs> All right. I guess that makes sense. Um, like, Simon is his crew, but Simon's also, like, not his crew. Yeah. Plus, I think there's this difference of, like, he wants his daughter to marry a doctor. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> I can get behind that. Like, this idea of, like, he he wants to marry Kaylee off well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, the, the plan is they are going to try to buy their men back. So yeah. I was going to just go in there and try to make a trade for five times of what was originally offered for the train. All of their remaining money from yes. and you the are, drug heist. They also show Jane throwing in extra. Yeah. So again, it's this kind of like quiet apology. He's atoning for sins 
The rest of the crew doesn't know he's committed. Yeah. So love that just little note. And immediately I was like, oh, Niska's only going to give him one. So I'm sitting there like, <laughs> Zoe's going to walk in. Niska's going to say you can get one. And then we're going to cut to commercial. Some of that happens. <laughs> Snow walks in, offers him the money. And Niska's like, only enough for one. And Zoe immediately just goes, him, give me wash. And they cut Wash down and throw him at her. Yeah. And then it cuts to commercial. I was like, oh, okay. Well, and then she goes, and then Niska goes, you know what? You've overpaid. Yeah. You've earned some of Mal back. Yeah. And he cuts off Mal's ear. Yeah. Mick Foley's him. And uh, they bring Mal's ear back and... (laughs) Put this on ice. Yeah, she goes, put this on ice. And then they're like, what is it? And everyone unwraps it. And then Kaylee's like, I want to throw up. And uh, we get this moment where they're like, okay, well, that's the, uh, that was the easy way. Now we're going to have to break on the space station and steal them back. Yeah. Now now it's where we got to fight. We got to go to war. Uh, Mal dies. Yeah. And they have to resurrect him so he can be tortured more. Yeah. Uh, And Mal, not to be denied, like... Almost reminded me of Deadpool yeah. at this point. Nitska says, you died, Mal. And Mal goes, seems like the thing to do. Like, damn, that's quick. As a, as a comic, it's so impressive. So, uh, they, they Wash decided can, to... Can I, I'm gonna, can I tell an off-topic off story real sure. quick? Uh, I'm friends with the legendary Wid. Okay. Which is an amazing prop comic. And, like, he just, it's a lot of puns and stuff like this. Uh, and he was getting heckled okay. at a show. And you don't heckle the legendary Wid. He will beat you. Oh, no. So, legendary Wid just rips this dude apart. Like, rapid fire, quick jokes, just making this guy like a fool, look like a fool. And the heckler pulled a gun on him during a show. Okay. So, stand-up comedy show, comics making fun of a heckler. Heckler draws his gun. And the legendary wig just looks at him and goes, Oh, am I shooting my mouth off too much? Did you not like the caliber of my jokes? Oh my god. Like, incredible. And that's what Mal reminded me of right there, where it's just like, You are in the face of death. How are you doing this? That's amazing. So, shout-outs to the legendary wig. Uh, so, they're, they're essentially planning a person heist. Um, and book like is locking and loading with everybody, Mm -hmm. including, and it's everybody. It's Zoe and Jane who can be trusted in this kind of mission. Wash who feels like he's obligated to go. Mm -hmm. Kaylee and Simon who have not established themselves as fighters. No. And book. And one of my two, I realized both of my favorite book moments are in this episode. Mm -hmm. Zoe goes, Preacher. Don't the Bible have some pretty specific things to say about killing? Quite specific. It is, however, somewhat fuzzier on the subject of kneecaps. Great line. And it's just like, and everybody just kind of looks at him like, all right. So Jane, Wash, and Zoe go to get Mal. Simon, Kaylee, and Book are protecting the ship. Yes. So that when they bring Mal back, they can get Mal on the ship. And... Niska's men are coming after them. Uh, Book is pretty handy with a gun. Mm-hmm. Simon, less Tries. so. 
And Kaylee freezes. Yeah, she like hides in the hole. And then Book yells, I need cover. And Book and Simon take off. Yeah. Kaylee freezes and three men come at her. Mm. And then River comes out of her room. Mm. And Kaylee's scared and River takes her gun Mm. and says, I've got to keep my eyes closed. I've got to keep my eyes closed. River closes her eyes and fires off three shots. Kills all three men. And then looks at Kaylee and goes, No power in the verse can stop me. What's amazing about this is that, of course, is a callback to earlier in the episode. Mm -hmm. But, like, I wouldn't blame a viewer for not catching that. To the point that I don't even think Kaylee catches it. No. Kaylee doesn't realize that River is repeating her. Yeah, because River is like, yeah! I did it! Super cool. Like, oh, there's so much good in this episode. I love it. Niska runs out when he hears all the klaxons. And it's just Mal and Niska's henchman who's really, like, doing the torturing. Mm -hmm. And they're fighting. And Jane, Wash, and Zoe approach. And Jane's going to blow the torturer away. Mm -hmm. And Zoe goes, no, no, no. This is something the captain has to do on his own. And the captain goes... Nuh-uh. Nope. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and and all three of them haul off and shoot the guy. Yeah. It's that very action comedy fun. Yeah. Uh, they leave Niska alive, so you know he would have been back in a later season. Oh, yeah, definitely. So good. And so, they get so back good. and, like, they reattach Mal's ear. And we find out, like, Inara's client helped. Yes. Uh, but we don't really know why. And then we get my other favorite book moment. Mm-hmm. Simon looks really upset, and Mal goes like, "How you faring with that doctor?" I don't know. I uh, yeah, I never never shot anyone before. I was there, son. I'm fair sure you haven't shot anyone yet. <laughs> it's super funny. Yeah, great line. And Zoe makes wife soup. Yes. Which is like this nice, like, gender bent, like, Zoe doesn't usually do the wife thing. Yes. Um, and As established by the Saffron episode. And Wash is like, oh, that's really sweet. Let's bone. Yeah. And then they run off and then Jane and Mal fight over the soup. Well, Jane wins. Don't don't forget that there's also a moment where uh, Mal comes in and it's like, did you tell her? Tell her what? Your husband has demanded that we sleep together. Really? What? Mal, come on. He seems to think it would get all this burning sexual tension out in the open. You know, make a fair fight for your womanly affections. No. That was the torture talking. Remember the torture? I know it's a difficult mission, but you and I have to get it on. I understand. We have no choice. Take me, sir. Take me hard. No, something about that is just downright unsettling. We'll be in our bunk. <laughs> and Jane's like, this is, this is bad. <laughs> Jane's just upset. And then Wash says, we'll be in our bunk. Yes. Drag Zoe off and then... Jane and Mal start squabbling over the soup. Yes. Which is a cute, like... Again, I like these nice little moments of what life on the ship looks like. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a good episode. I love this episode so much I took zero notes during it because I was so invested in it. Yeah, I didn't take a ton of notes. I took, um, you knew I'll be in my bunk and the Bible is somewhat fuzzier about kneecaps. Yes. And my only other note is, I love book. Book, I think when I was a teenager, I didn't appreciate book enough. Yeah. But like now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, book's a great character. the best. And uh, so we saw Niska again. And in this next episode, we see... Saffron. You see Saffron again. How wonderful. Uh, so uh, this also opens the three lost episodes. Yes. Explain uh, that a little bit. So uh, we know Fox aired them insanely out of order. Right. And so now we have the lo- the episodes that didn't actually make it to air. 11, 12, and 13, which were not aired until the next summer. Yes. On sci-fi. On Sci-Fi UK, even. Oh, my God. Like, it took a while for these to come out. and But they were released in proper order on the DVD. I can't imagine, like, in 2002, having being, like, a super fan of Firefly and hearing these rumors of, like, yeah, there are three more episodes of Firefly we haven't seen. Saffron's in one. I'd be like, bullshit. There's yeah. no way. And like, so I'd love to hear... From someone who watched this live, what that time felt like as a Firefly fan, being like, what do you mean there's three more episodes? So this one opens with the, like, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yes. Uh, it opens with Mal, butt-ass naked, sitting in the desert. Yes. Uh, and Nathan Fillion was like, so I want you guys all to know something. When a woman has to shoot a nude scene, it's a closed set. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's as few people on set as possible. No visitors. Uh, when I shot a nude scene, it was a free for all. Yeah, and outside, like it was also, <laughs> yeah. it was also like a location. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're gonna get a little more into how what happened with Mal's nudity at the end of the episode. Okay. Because this is the bookends. Because uh, uh, yes. then we get the title card that says "72 Hours Earlier." Yes, I, I want to just point out real quick that we. Starting around this time, I might have missed it earlier, we stopped getting the Mal Book voiceover of what the show is, and we get actual, like, previously on Fireflies here. Yes. Uh, and I also, we got to talk about- I wonder if these, it's because when these aired, they were airing so much later that they, they needed, needed to- to remind people. Well, and they needed to remind people what elements were going to be important in each episode. Yeah, this is, this is a problem I've always had with Buffy. Mm-hmm. is there are episodes of Buffy where they're like, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they'd show stuff that happened in the last previous weeks, and then they'd show something from, like, two seasons ago, and it's like, oh, I guess this guy's going to show up. Like, the previously on almost worked as spoilers for the episode. It kind of, it's yes. Like, oh, this bad guy from season two is going to come back. The guy that sold the candy bars is coming back in this episode. Yeah, we see that in, a, in an episode coming up where it's all... I, I looked at you and went, oh, all of this is the shipping stuff. Yeah. Um, It's like one of those fan videos. So in this episode, we kind of see one of Mal's old friends, old Monty. Yes. And Monty has taken a bride because he's cut off... He's shaved off his beloved beard. Mm. And he, he's showing off his lovely new bride, Bridget. Yes. Who is Saffron. Who is Saffron. And immediately, Saffron and Mal pull guns. <laughs> and they start sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. And then Bridget calls Mal by his full name. And 
Monty's like, I never told you his name. Yeah. And then he... <laughs> he abandons Saffron. He leaves and shouts, I shaved my beard for you, whore! No. I shaved my beard for you, devil woman! Oh, devil woman. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't call her a whore. And I, I wanted to be pedantic about that. That's fine. Because usage of the word whore will come up in the next episode. Well, usage two of episodes the, from now. I have a, a note here about this. Yeah. Because basically, uh, Saffron starts saying, like, I have this million dollar job. Mm-hmm. And Mal just keeps saying, wander off into the desert before I shoot you. Yes. The They get back on the ship. and when I, Or Mal gets back on the ship. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene between Mal and Inara. Yeah. Where Mal takes offense that Inara calls Mal... A petty thief. Yes. And and like throughout the rest of the episode, he's like, petty, huh? Petty. Huh? You're going to call me petty? And I was like, Mal, you call being... her a whore constantly. Also, by getting that fixated on you being called a petty thief, guess what you're being? Petty. Petty. Yeah, like this kind of pissed me off. Yeah, Mal is kind of a douche in this episode. But... Then he opens one of the crates to reveal that he has snuck Saffron onto the ship. He has not stuck... No, no, no. He did not sneak Saffron aboard. Saffron snuck Saffron aboard. Was that your impression? Oh, yeah. My impression was because he opens it and has the gun drawn. And he's just like, tell me your plan. Like, it it came off like Mal knew she was in there. I didn't think he did. All right. Because there's no surprise in Mal. He's not like, Saffron, what are you doing here? It's just like, okay, now tell me your plan. And uh, Inara is annoyed at Mal because they have not been near a planet where she could pick up a client in days. And she's like, you know, I haven't been able to work. Like, if you want me to still be able to afford the lease on this shuttle, I need to take clients. And she accuses him of not wanting her to be a companion. Mm -hmm. Um, So Saffron is explaining her plan to the crew and everyone's just kind of like, eh. They're going to Steal a priceless antique laser pistol. Yes. Called the Lassiter. The Lassiter. Why is it called the Lassiter, Noah? I don't know. It's called the Lassiter because Joss Whedon's first film screenwriting credit is Toy Story. Oh. Directed by John Lassiter. Oh, okay. So it's kind of this like nod to a mentor. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's a I kind of like this idea that like it's the future so there are lasers, but not a lot. Well, this was like the first laser gun. Mm-hmm. So it's this like very, not only is this rarer tech, it's the oldest rarer tech. It's antique futuristic tech. Yeah, like it's <laughs> the equivalent of like a rare video game system. It, it, yeah, it reminds me of Demolition Man. Because mm-hmm. uh, in Demolition Man, oh, I forget his name, but Wesley Snipes' character goes to the Museum of Violence to get guns. Yes. And then there's a moment like, here he goes, Wait a minute, this is the future. They're all a phase of guns. And then he finds a laser gun. Yes. Um, so Saffron has inside knowledge of the house where this Lassiter is being kept. And all of her information is good. And the heist is going so far so good. The plan is they're going to dump the laser pistol in the garbage where a drone will carry it away. Mm -hmm. 
but Kaylee and Wash are going to reprogram the drone to drop it a different at a different place where they will come get it. Yes, it's a good plan. And uh, they get Mal and Saffron get caught. Yes, by the keep by the the gentleman of the house, Durin. And Durin looks at Bridget Saffron in shock, and calls her Yolanda. Yes, she is his wife. Yes, and- as well. And he had never stopped looking for her. And she was, she's been, dis, she's been missing for six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she thought he had run off with a security worker. Yes. Who was uh, young and handsome. And Doran does not blame Mal and offers to reward him for bringing back his bride. Yeah. And Mal's like, no money necessary. She's very, he's very uncomfortable and wants to GTFO. Yeah. And there's kind of this weird scene where like, Saffron is obviously very uncomfortable and feels really weird about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mal is like, is this your real husband? Yeah. Like, is this who you actually want to be with? And Durin comes back in right as Saffron has pulled a gun on Mal. Kind of blowing a hole in her innocent lamb story. Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh, no, this isn't what it looks like. And Mal's like, we were totally trying to steal your gun. Yeah. And Durin's like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And Saffron and Durin fight and Mal just drops the gun in the trash. Yeah. He's like, well, I remember my part of the plan. <laughs> and Saffron's like... If you were smart, you would have called the feds when you saw me. And Durin holds up his ring, which had had a panic button on it. He's like, yeah, I totally did. He's like, you didn't come back for me. And then Saffron and Durin, like, have a fight. She knocks him out. And uh, Saffron and Mal escape. Yes. Meanwhile, Wash and Kaylee realize that Serenity has been sabotaged. Uh, They can't get... And, they, like, they can't get to where they need to get. And Kaylee's, like, fixing it. So Saffron has now sabotaged Serenity again. Yes. And Mal and Saffron have, like, another spat. Mm-hmm. Where Mal kind of goes, like, this was your real husband. You loved him. For six years you knew that gun was there and you never took it. You didnn't want him to think so badly of you. Yeah. Until, and, until you needed it. And so he kind of, like, comes down on her until she cries. Yeah. And he kind of, like, feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. And she pulls his gun on her. She pulls his gun on him. Yeah. Because, again, she has been playing Mal for a sap. Yes. I love this in her character. I love that she thinks ahead enough to be like, okay, if this happens, I'm going to play Wounded Gazelle. Mal is stupid enough to fall for it still. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get the drop on him. What she doesn't really plan on is that the crew of Serenity knew she was going to do that. Yeah. Inara beats her to the drop part. Mm-hmm. And Inara gets the gun. Well, I, and then Inara locks her in a dumpster. No, you can't do this! You're not going to die, you big baby. The authorities will be here in a few hours to dig you out. Because Nora still has that little spat of jealousy. Yeah. That, like, she... She's really good at this. Uh, It's not she's really good at this. It's she 
was with Mal. Yeah, she was technically married to Mal. So, uh, they kind of just have this moment of like, okay, well, we got the gun. Hooray. Yeah. Let's bounce. Jane has been, Jane was injured during the, uh, the heist. Yeah, during the reprogramming portion. And he wakes up to find himself paralyzed. And he freaks out because he's paralyzed. And then the next thing is Simon going, how much did they offer you? Mm -hmm. Simon now knows because River kind of figured it out that Jane tried to sell him and River out. Mm -hmm. And Jane kind of like calls for help. And the only person who answers is River. Yeah. And Simon goes like, look, you're going to need a doctor again. We could do this forever, but instead, let's just try to get along and trust each other. I am a doctor. If you are under my care, you are safe. Mm -hmm. You are part of this crew, and so am I. And he he pieces out. And then River goes, I can kill you with my brain. (laughs) And then leaves. And Jane is just like, I hate this. I also assume that this is foreshadowing a future episode where the plot would be like, oh, Simon's a doctor. He can kill him. Like, we'll trick him into letting Simon do surgery on him and then Simon will just kill him. Yeah, I think think that dilemma is coming up. Yeah, of having Simon go in the face of his own ethics. Yes. Uh, So we then get to the beginning of the episode again. And Mal is... Butt-ass naked in the desert when they pick him up. Mm. And everyone's just kind of awkward because Mal is still naked. Except for Kaylee, who's just kind of like, hi, Captain. Yeah. How are you doing? Doesn't look down. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Wash does. Uh, there's, there's kind of a fun thing here where uh, there was an interview where Nathan Fillion put a picture of Joss Whedon on his modesty sock. Nice. So Wash looks down and kind of giggles, and that's what that is. <laughs> he sees, like, the face of Josh, Joss Whedon. <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, so this is, like, a very fun, uh, very fun little, like, moment. Yes. So uh, that brings us to episode 12. Yeah, we're, we're motoring through this here. Mm. Uh, the next episode is The Message. Uh, this is another one where we kind of get these... Uh, Another one of Mal's old war friends. Yes, well... But we start off uh, at, on like a carnival bazaar planet. Yes, because I, I love the world building here. Uh, basically, it's someone doing a tourist trap. Like, yeah. Yeah, check out this insane thing. You'll never see the world again. And Simon walks in and goes, so that is a cow fetus. Yeah, it's like the world's largest ball of twine. Yeah. But Kaylee points out, like, we have this room to ourselves for five whole minutes. Hey. Mm -hmm. And Simon says something stupid. Yeah, Simon's like, first, like, it's flirty and you kind of think they're finally going to, like, close the deal. Mm -hmm. And then Simon's like, yeah, you're the only woman on the ship who's not professional, married, or related to me, so you're literally the only girl in the world. One, he says only girl in the world, not only girl in the verse. Huh, good catch. Uh, which I noticed. And then Kaylee kind of just is like, really? I I, I kind of want to say that that's intentional. Because Simon is not a, a traveler of the galaxy. Yeah. 
So maybe he would say world instead of verse. And she kind of snaps of like, yeah, when you were a doctor, you had like nurses and debutantes throwing themselves at you. And here at the bottom of the barrel, there's me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's Kaylee's insecurity coming into play again, because Kaylee kind of still sees herself as, you know, the girl who'd have sex with somebody to be near an engine. Yeah. Like Kaylee's self-worth kind of comes into play a lot with Simon. She's, Kaylee might think. Inara is a better match for Simon, you know, mm-hmm. like that idea of she's a scrappy little nobody and he is like rich and classy. Mm-hmm. She st- storms off. There's this great moment with Wash and Zoe and Simon goes, I'm not very good at talking to girls. And so he goes, is there someone you're good at talking to? <laughs> and then Wash pretends that the cow fetus is an alien. Yeah. So the last moment of the cold open is, we must get along. Our people are peaceful. <laughs> yes. And that's the moment where I was like, no, it is Wash. Well, I want to talk about that specifically because one of the things like the Barker outside of this thing says, this is proof that aliens walk among us. And I was like, wait a minute. This is an outer space show with, with no, no aliens. aliens in it. Everyone here is human, as explained by Mal in that, like, opening thing. Like, we used up the Earth, so we terraformed other planets. Yeah. So everyone here is human and Earthling. Yeah. So, like, that was just a little thing. I was like, yeah, obviously. I mean, they had to do something to trim the budget down. Yeah. Aliens, like... (laughs) They expensive. Aliens are very expensive. Uh, In the show Animorphs, actually, uh, there's a whole thing about... The design of the aliens in Animorphs is very expensive. Yes. But the author knew the show, the books would eventually be optioned for TV and offered to make them less expensive. And we're like, she was like, do you want these to be more humanoid for TV? Yeah. Because they're like centaurs, right? The Andalites are centaurs. Yeah. yeah. The Taxons are giant uh, centipede looking things and the hork are scary knife monsters. Um, <laughs> Surprise Animorph effects. <laughs> Really? Are we that surprised uh, that I can also pronounce hork I, I think anyone listening to this Firefly <laughs> podcast is surprised that they're learning stuff about Animorphs. Listener, <laughs> if you're surprised that this podcast about a 2002 short-running science fiction show has facts about a short-running 1998 science fiction show... I don't know what to tell you. All right, we'll put up a poll. We'll put up a poll later that was like, were you surprised that there was Animorph facts at the end of this? <laughs> and we'll see what people say. So this was obviously like something had to be done to make this slightly less expensive. So they're going to pick up their mail. Yeah. Uh, because the postmaster like waved, which is their version of call, uh, called Mal and was like, yo, we got your mail. Yeah. And we get, Jane gets a package. And there's a lot of really interesting things here in this package for Jane. Mm-hmm. It's from his mother. It's a very nice hand-knit hat. Yes. And it thanks him for the credits he's been sending. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jane has been sending money home to mommy this whole time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of get the, another aspect of Jane, of, like, he's the big scary mercenary who has a sick little sibling and is sending money to mom. Yeah. And so, like, I I like that moment where we find out that, like, Jane's not a total jerk. They all kind of roast Jane about his hat. Yeah. Except for Kaylee. Kaylee thinks it's adorable. Mm -hmm. She's like, I think that's the sweetest hat in the world. Yeah. Or I think that's the sweetest hat ever. And he's 
super pleased with his hat, puts it right on. Like, his mommy made him a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, Mal and Zoe get a corpse in the mail. Yeah. And uh, the last moment before we cut to commercial is Jane going, what'd you order dead body for? <laughs> Great. Yes. Uh, we find out this dead body belongs to Private Tracy, who is like a young protege of Mal and Zoe. Yes. And we get a flashback of them all together in the war. Yes. And Mal and Zoe help Tracy survive. And the corpse is really well preserved. And they find a recording in his hand. They find mm-hmm. like a little yield iPod with a recording where he begs mm-hmm. Mal and Zoe to take him to St. Albans, which is where his parents live. Yeah. And I really like... And everyone's just like, yes. And there's a quote that, that on it. And it's like, remember what you taught me. When you can't run anymore, you crawl. And when you can't do that, well, yeah, you know the rest. Please carry me this last this last time. Yeah. But he also says, like, if you can. Which I was like, that's very nice to kind of be like, I understand if you dump me outside your airlock. And, like, there's this moment where they're kind of like, it's only, it's only two days away. Yeah. And nobody has any qualms. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, well, we're doing this. Yeah, there's a great just moment where they establish the reverence that they have. Where uh, Zoe and Mal pick up the casket and Book goes to help. Mm-hmm. And Zoe's like, we got it. Yeah. Like, let us do this. And we get a, a nice little moment with everyone's doing ship things. And Book and Jane are in the cargo hold. Mm-hmm. And Book is praying. And Jane does not make fun of Book. No. Jane's like, Book goes like, I don't know his denomination. And Jane's like, nah, the Lord got to take care of him. Like, encouraging Book. And he starts working out and he's like, you know, I, I got to do something with my body when yeah. I hear about death. And he offers to, like, spot book. Yeah. And these are, like, these relationships are so core to why this show is successful. Mm-hmm. Of, like, throwing, you know, different groups of characters together. And Jane and Book have this, like, sweet bonding moment. Yeah. And the Book goes, like, yeah, this is, everybody t- deals with death differently. And we smash cut to Mal, Zoe, and Anara. Hammered. <laughs> Hammered and laughing hysterically as they tell, like, stories about Tracy in the war. And Tracy <laughs> shaved or cut off his superior's mustache and then wore it? Yeah, like, wore, <laughs> like, wore it the next day to uh, training. And Kaylee is really thrown by the death. And Kaylee has the recording and is, like, laying in her bunk listening to it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Simon goes to speak with her. And then, like, realizes she's listening to it. And, like, Tracy is young and attractive. And Simon feels displaced by this dead man. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, slinks off. Yeah. Meanwhile, someone is after Tracy's body. Womack. Yeah. Uh, he will stop at nothing. He's Alliance. Yes. So they're like, there must be something on in this box. So they rip the box And apart. Jane goes, is it gold? Yeah, it could be gold. They find nothing in the box. And they're like, oh, it must be in him. So Simon offers to do an autopsy and Simon's like, huh, looks like he's been cut open before. Like, it's hard to see. Like, it was good work. It was good work. And my brain immediately goes, well, that means that it would have to heal, which means it would have happened when he was alive. Yeah. And then he, as soon as he takes the scalpel into his chest, he wakes up. Wakes up, jumps up and like flings himself at Simon. Yeah. Who screams? Because... 
yo would. Um, and they kind of have this like struggle until Tracy like comes to, mm-hmm. and it's like the Romeo and Juliet drug again. Yeah. And Tracy is smuggling organs mm-hmm. in he, his own body uh, because they need to be incubated in a living body. They can't just be like transferred on ice. Mm-hmm. His own organs are back on Ariel. Yes. But he found a new buyer. So he was double crossing his original buyer. Yes. What was he going to do? I don't know. How was he going to get his old organs back? I don't know. It's all very confusing. Uh, he says that he's been scooped. Yes. <laughs> he was scooped and put more organs in, which reminded me of... Five Nights at Five Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's sister location. So I just wanted to bring that up. And so they kind of have this, like, what are we going to do? And they get to St. Albans because uh, Tracy still wants to go there. That's still where his family lives. The new buyer was going to give him enough for him to get his family off yeah. of what essentially looks like Hoth. Yeah, it's very Hothish-ish. It's very Hothish. Hothy. Hothy is much easier to um, say than Hothish. And Wash does this cool, like in a canyon thing with Firefly, and the other craft just goes over the canyon. Yeah, I almost wish that we had cut inside the other ship to just be like, what's their plan? <laughs> And so they kind of have this moment of, like, they're cornered by this Alliance guy. And Tracy and Kaylee kind of have some bonding and they start to flirt. Like, Mm -hmm. we finally get, like, this... Simon has brought out all of Kaylee's insecurities. And despite the fact that we're, you know, 12 episodes in and they like each other, he hasn't really been able to, like, close the deal. Right. And so Kaylee's starting to connect with somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have this, like, this kind of cute little moment, and Tracy takes a shine to Kaylee. Yeah. And Book is like, okay, so we're cornered. We should let the feds board. And Book is in the middle of explaining what this plan's going to be, and Tracy overhears and panics. Yeah. And, uh... They, they call the feds and they're like, you can come aboard. Mm. Tracy shoots Wash, just yes. grazes him, mm-hmm. but like still sucks. And then Zoe just shoots him in the chest. Because mm-hmm. you shot her husband and now she gonna kill you. Yeah. He also like took Kaylee as like a hostage. Well, he's wounded, but he, he's not done yet. Oh, yeah, he's right. not dead. So he's like, he decides he's going to escape through the shuttle. But he needs Kaylee to drive the shuttle because he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he grabs Kaylee and Kaylee's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And she's like freaking out. You know, she's been flirting with this guy. Like they were laughing over the fact that Zoe was married mm-hmm. 20 minutes ago. And now he's wounded and trying to kidnap her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're they're freaking out. And... They're kind of like in a hostage situation now. And Mal is trying to talk Kay- talk Tracy down so he can get Kaylee to let go. And then Jane, from another vantage point, cocks his gun really loudly on purpose. Mm-hmm. Distracts Tracy and Mal shoots Tracy again. Yeah. This, this time sticks. Mm-hmm. And then the Alliance officer boards and Book steps up to him. And Book is like... You never called for backup. Why? Oh, 
oh, is it because you're doing black market illegal organ trading mm. and you have no leg to stand on legally mm. and you're just a real piece of shit all around and mm. if we kill you, no one will miss you? Like, that's really what yeah. book says. <laughs> and Womack is like, realizes Tracy has been mortally injured and Tracy is also now just worthless to him. Yeah, damaged goods. And he's like, well, I'm gonna go. Bye. Yeah. Jane, your hat's stupid. Bye. Who's <laughs> not? And Tracy, too late, realizes there was a plan. Yeah. But he uh, he begs Kaylee for forgiveness. Mm. Begs Mal and Zoe for forgiveness. This this kid's performance here is incredible. It's so dying. sad. He's yeah. like, you'll you'll do it. You'll you'll get me home. Yeah. You know the old saying. When you can't run, you crawl. And when you can't crawl, you, when you can't do that, you find someone to carry you. He never really got out of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really, really sad. Yeah. Um, but we get another voiceover of Tracy's message again. Because the Serenity crew make good on their promise and deliver Tracy's body to his family. Mm-hmm. And we get a funeral. Uh, this funeral is double sad. They knew they were canceled when they filmed oh, the funeral. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is kind of them saying goodbye to the show as well? Yeah, the composer said, like, this music is very, very beautiful. And it kind of felt like almost a waste mm-hmm. for this, like, side character. But he kind of wrote it as an elegy for the show. Wow. Joss Whedon appears uncredited. Oh. As okay. one of uh, one of the family members. Hmm. And That's... there's a moment where uh, Kaylee, in her grief, takes Simon's hand. Not in the script. Interesting. Was that I... here or was that at the other funeral? It was this one. Okay, just making sure. And Because um, we get a funeral in the next episode. <laughs> but this works out really well because it also kind of uh, gives a little bit of closure to that subplot. Yeah. Of like... In the face of this, Simon and Kaylee have, like, forgiven each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Kaylee's forgiven Simon. Kaylee did nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really, really love Kaylee. And, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, we have the worst episode. Yeah, this is probably my least favorite. But before we even get into it, I just want to bring this up. Okie dokie. The title of this episode is Heart of Gold. Yes, which is the name of the spaceship in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that I couldn't remember last episode. Nah. I was like, man, it would be great if I remember what that is. It's Heart of Gold. Uh, why do you think this episode's called Heart of Gold? Because it's the name of the spaceship in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the improbability drive on it. Okay. Um, no. <sighs> uh, yes, it is. That's the name of the spaceship in Hitchhiker's Guide. That's not why it's called that. Oh. Uh, it's called that because... The TV trope is, and this is before TV tropes even, uh, it's always the hooker with a heart of gold. Right. And this is about sex workers. Yes. Um, uh, So we get this like, first we see the brothel. Yeah. And this guy comes up and there is a pregnant sex worker who looks very young. Yes. Um, And... The man 
believes that the child is his. And like kind of roughly gets DNA DNA from her womb in a way that looks like it hurts real bad. Yeah. And is like, if that child is mine, I'm coming back for it. And she's like super pregnant. Yes. Like she's like real pregnant. And he's like, I will cut this child out of you if need be. And I'm like, oh, you don't know anything about kids because that would probably kill the kid. Yeah. You're an idiot. And uh, the girl is peddling. Mm-hmm. And the madam is Nandy. Yes. Um, uh, we kind of have this, uh, Inara comes to Mal and is like, hey, my friend is in trouble on this planet. I need you to help me. Right. And her, we find out that Nandy was a companion, mm-hmm. uh, but was forced out in disgrace. And Nandy and Inara are not supposed to speak. Right. Like Inara is not supposed to be friendly with Nandy anymore, but she is. Right. So, are we? Is the takeaway here that like Anara is a companion, but these people are hookers? Um, well, we do. We kind of have this Anara. Nandy was trained with Anara. Mm-hmm. Nandy went to, I believe, they also call it an academy, despite the fact that that's also what River. Yeah. The place where River was. This is. Nandy was another companion friend and Mal's like a whole house full of companions and they're having trouble and she goes these aren't companions Mal they're horse okay yeah so that is what we're supposed to take from this I hate this I hate that Inara is suddenly like classist as hell and like I get the idea that there's a difference between a trained companion and a sex worker who doesn't have that kind of training mm-hmm. but for her to be so offended at the term whore and then just throw it around. Yeah, I'm guessing it's supposed to be this world building of like... That's the term? Yeah, like the reason being called a whore is so uh, offensive to her is that there is a difference between a companion and a whore. Yeah, because like a companion, the equivalent in modern day is a high class escort. Yes. Um. So I'm guessing like I kind of got the vibes of someone saying like, I'm a doctor. And then the other person being like, he's a chiropractor. I guess. Like, like it's like, I want you, like, yeah, we're, we're both doing the same thing, but I'm a brain surgeon and he has a doctorate in literature. I got it. It was more of like, I'm a teacher too. You teach gym. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, like that. Not to be offensive to chiropractors, uh, <laughs> doctors in English or gym teachers. Especially not doctors. My degree's in English? My degree's in English. Yeah, but I have more degrees than you. I don't think that's true. You teach gym. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, No, I don't. (laughs) You really don't. Um, So Zoe kind of says this is a voluntary mission. Like, Mm. they don't really know whether there's going to be money. And Nara's planning to pay them out of her own pocket. And Mal does not want her to. And Anara's like, I'd rather keep things business-like between us. And Mal is pissed. Mm. And uh, Jane is like, um, "What are? Uh, I'm not going to do something that's just like helpful to people without getting paid. And then Mal goes, they're whores. And Jane's like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and there's a, we see them arrive at the ranch. Mm. Um ranch brothel 
And the crew is like, comes up and Jane is not dressed like we've seen Jane for the rest of the series. Jane, Jane wants to make a nice impression. Yeah. And I want to say I'm very disappointed he's not wearing his hat. I'm very upset that his hat is only in that one episode for something that is super iconic in all the fan art. Yeah. So uh, Jane is like happy to see them immediately. And uh, Jane immediately takes to uh, one of the girls, Helen. Yes. Uh, so Jane and Helen, Jane's like, can we, can I get sexed now? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, do whatever you want. And he and Helen go upstairs. And Nandy's like, I'd like to speak to uh, Zoe and Mal and Anara. And everyone else can just kind of hang out here. And then she's like, except for your doctor, can your doctor examine Petaline? Yeah. And so Simon goes and does that. And there's a great moment with everyone who's left. Yes. And Kaylee sees male sex workers and goes, there's boy whores. <laughs> How thoughtful. <laughs> Do they service girl folk here? Mm-hmm. And, and Wash is just like, uh. <laughs> and Wash is like, really, Kaylee? And Kaylee's like, no one else is lining up to examine me. Mm-hmm. Simon has just gone off to examine the pregnant woman. And two of the sex workers approach Book. And Book is like, nope, 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 nope. They ask for him to help them learn prayers. Yeah. She's like, I love this. She's like, the one girl, their, their names are Lucy and Emma. Mm-hmm. The two who are um, attached to Book. Uh, I find this interesting because Lucy and Emma are also the names of the respective love interests of Jekyll and Hyde. Or Hyde oh. and Jekyll, really. Uh, Lucy is the sex worker who is attached to Hyde in the musical. And Emma is Jekyll's fiance. Interesting. I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't read the book and I don't know if those are the correct names from the book. I don't believe either of them are attached. No, Hyde definitely isn't attached to anyone. Jekyll may be. Um, it's been a while since I've read it. I teach it, <laughs> but it's been a while since I've read it. Those are the names of the women in the musical. Okay. Uh, that one, That I can tell you true. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like... That they're named and they happen to have that naming convention. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say like, yeah, the last preacher who came only read one prayer and then took his payment from both of us. And you see books soften mm-hmm. toward them. And like, book never does anything untoward with either of them. But book happily takes him under his wing mm-hmm. and is like reading them prayers and is very kind to them both. Yeah, it's a very sweet little moment. The that in an episode that lacks sweet little moments. Yeah, the book's arc here is one of my favorite parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it, it establishes, like, we've spent so much time establishing that there might be a weird past with book. Kind of also establishing, but he's still a man of God now. Yeah. Is something I think is very valuable in this episode. And you're not going to hear me say a lot of things are valuable in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so... In the end, like, we can kind of zoom through this one and just bring up points that we want. Yeah, uh, Burgess, who's the name of the guy from the beginning, is the father of Petaline's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants that baby. Yeah, so they So they, they come. fortify for a siege. Yeah, because, well, Mal's just like, let's run. And uh, Nandy's like, I own something, and that's rare. I'm yeah, going to fight for it. Nandy's like, I did everything I could for this to be mine. Yes. And Mal respects that. Yes, it parallels out of gas. It parallels how he feels about serenity. Yeah. 
So Mal and Nandy kind of find in each other kindred spirits. And they begin to bond. Yes. And ultimately, they sleep together. They begin to bond chemically. Uh, well, no, they, they bond first, kind of emotionally, because Nandy shows him her gun collection and he like admires them with her. Mm-hmm. They talk. He's a little bit vulnerable emotionally. Mm-hmm. and But he desperately doesn't want to take advantage of her and he doesn't want this to feel transactional. Yeah. And he kind of like asks for consent and she goes, Mal, I've wanted you to kiss me since I showed you my guns. Yeah. So then they get it on and mm-hmm. it's fully consensual. It's not transactional. Yeah. And we're talking, they show a full-on murder-in-small-town-X sex scene. Because Fox. Fox. (laughs) Uh, This one is the most Fox episode, despite the fact that it didn't air on Fox. Yeah, it's Uh, so weird. It's like gratuitous sex, a lot of violence. Uh, It really feels like they were like, oh yeah, this is a Fox show. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have this moment where we find out that Burgess has a woman on the inside. Uh, uh, Cherry. Sherry. Yes. And she is helping the villagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's double-crossing her fellow women. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is the ultimate big bad of the series for double-crossing other women. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have this uh, moment the next morning. Uh, Mal and Nandy, when they're together, acknowledge that there are emotions Mal has for Inara. Mm-hmm. And... Mal says, like, there are only two people in this room tonight. Right. And you get the idea that, like, Inara is less important to Mal than Nandy is in mm-hmm. this moment. And that should she want to, Nandy could have Mal in a relationship. Yeah. Because uh, Nandy says, like, I ain't her. Yeah. And Mal is like, that's fine. Um, Pedaline starts to go into labor. And uh, they ask Simon, like, how many babies have you delivered? And he's like, including this one? One. one. <laughs> and Inara's like, me neither. And then River goes, me neither. Because <laughs> uh, River's in this episode. Um, she doesn't do a lot. No. And she's just not helping. River's right. like, I wonder who's in there. And everyone's like, okay, River. And uh, we find out that Sherry is betraying the other sex workers. And... Burgess kind of does this whole thing about like how women are subservient to men and then orders Sherry on her knees, implying that he forces her to service him in front of everyone. Yeah. Hate this. I I hate this. I hate Sherry as a Mm. character, but you kind of become a little sympathetic to her in this moment of like Mm -hmm. her betrayal wins her nothing. Yeah. Like she thinks she's going to curry favor She's still nothing to these people. Mm-hmm. She's still a whore. Yeah. And I'm using that word intentionally when I've been trying to use sex worker through most of this mm-hmm. because they see her as a whore. Right. And the phrase sex worker was not in common use in 2002. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Mal gets up the next morning, because Mal spends the night with Nandy mm-hmm. and like spends the night when we see like, this is 24. We see this in real time, essentially. This yeah. sex scene feels incredibly long. Um. And Anara tries to stay professional. Yeah. Uh, she was like, oh, I'm really glad you were with her tonight. She probably needed the comfort. Mm-hmm. And Mal's like, so you're cool with this? And Anara's like, I'm really appalled at Nandy's taste, really. Well, 
it's very interesting what Mal says here is, I don't want you to think I took advantage of your friend. I hope you did. But like, Mal making sure Inara is okay with it has nothing to do with Inara's feelings towards Mal. Yeah. It's all Inara's feelings towards uh, Nandy. Yeah. And then we see Inara crying. Yeah, Inara goes... Over pe- Mal. <laughs> yeah, Pedaline has like fallen asleep because labor has taken so long and she's not fully dilated yet. So Inara is sobbing hysterically in Pedaline's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of go like, where's Simon? Yeah. Because uh, then the next time we're back in that room, Simon's back. And um, sure. Nandy and Inara then have a moment where Nandy realizes that Mal's feelings for Inara are mutual. Yeah. And Nandy, like, does not feel great about it. Yeah. And they they start to be like, we should handle this. And then Jane's like, uh, imminent violence. Yes. And so they kind of have this, like, okay, now we're going to have the siege. Yes. Burgess's men ambush Wash and Kaylee. So Wash and Kaylee cannot provide air support because yeah. they're too busy trying to stay alive. Yes. Uh, the, the few lines I want to bring up here is Mal says, remember, shoot the rider, not the horse. Yeah. A dead horse is cover. An alive horse uh, panics and causes chaos. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's why they never shoot horses. Except for that one time where Mal shot the horse. But still... <laughs> But that, to the point where, like, I think because the code is that you don't shoot the horse, mm-hmm. it's to establish that Mal is willing to break the code when it makes sense to him. Yes. Love that that happened. There's another moment where Jane over the intercom says something like, oh, it's so dirty. And Mal goes, uh, you know you were broadcasting, Jane? Because he's with Helen. Because he's with Helen and he's got her foot in his mouth. And I was like, is there like a foot thing with this show? Because... I had a footnote earlier, a footnote, (laughs) but I was just like, oh, are we doing a foot fetish thing? Okay. Weird. Well, so we have that happen. And there's also another really fun little moment where, uh, when we see Mal get up with Nandy, we also see Jane sleeping with Helen, like sleeping with like asleep next to, and he rolls over and the gun's in bed with both of them. And you get the impression like Helen's just kind of cool with this. Yeah. Because he's teaching Helen to use the guns, and it's like kind of this... I, Helen's a character who I feel like we could have benefited from more Helen later yeah. on. We see Sherry uh, let Burgess in as Petaline's giving birth. And as Petaline gives birth, Burgess takes the child. And Nandy and Inara get the drop on Burgess, but not before Burgess shoots Nandy fatally. Mm-hmm. Sure do hate this trope of, oh, there was a woman who was getting in the way of the ship. Yeah. And so we have to dispatch her immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the dead love interest trope. I hate disposable love interest. Yeah, yeah, I get um, Tracy, I felt like his role as a love interest was so secondary to his role as Malin and Zoe's protege. Yeah, like... It didn't feel like... His whole purpose was to be a disposable love interest to Kaylee. Yeah, I mean, like, the reason he has the love affair with Kaylee at all is to make his betrayal more filthy. Yeah. Uh, But... Nandy's whole purpose, essentially, feels like it was to be a romantic false lead for Mal. Yeah. 
Uh, so I really, I, I hated that they killed, and she was also a great character. Yeah, she was fun. Uh, so I was really, really pissed when they killed her. Um, to speed along. Um, well, there's not much left. Yeah, they they capture this jerk. Well, I, I want to talk about what happened. I, I, I don't want to speed along right now. Okay. Because okay. um, Inara spills some of Burgess's blood. Inara comes up and has a knife to his throat. So you get the idea that, like, Inara is now pissed. Oh, yeah. So now they hogtie Burgess, and uh, it's Burgess and his men. And then Pedaline comes out holding the baby. And she goes, like, this is Jonah. Jonah, say hi to your daddy. Jonah, say bye to your daddy. And Pedaline blows his head off. Pedaline has given birth, like, two hours ago. And is up and walking and shoots a man in the head. And I was like... I really want to spend more time with these people. Uh, yeah, they're cool. I, I like her rebirth as like, I'm in charge now. And like, I, Someone has to take Nandy's spot and it will be me. Watch as I murder this man on our lawn. Well, and she says like, the next time any of you are back here, it better to be to get your wicks wet. Yeah. Like, you guys can still come here. Yeah, but you best be paying. <laughs> but like, and then she also tells Shari. You go with them. You go with them. <laughs> So Sherry's betrayal buys her nothing. Yeah. Because you get the impression that in this town, Sherry is never going to be able to build a life where she is respectable. Mm -hmm. Nor is she welcome with this outcast group. So then we get another funeral. We get Nandy's funeral. Yes. I hated that we ended two episodes with a funeral in a row. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was like, are these episodes supposed to kind of mirror one another? Yeah. Uh, It felt like... Oh, we're awfully, awfully early to be reusing this much stuff. I, I thought it was fascinating that they sing Amazing Grace. Yes. Because that is such a, like, earth song, I guess. Well, it's one of the girls who was with Book. Right. So I get that feeling of, like, she's... It's something she may have learned from Book. I mean, some of the hymns that we sing are hundreds of years old. And Firefly, I remind myself, is always only about 500 years in the future. So there are musical pieces that are still well known from the, the 1500s. So it's just interesting to have that moment that ties back to like current times. So I was like, oh yeah, Amazing Grace. I guess they would know that. So uh, I there's also I really want to talk about this because uh, there's a scene with Wash and Zoe that we didn't really talk about. Okay, where they talk about having kids. Mm. And Wash is super against it because their lifestyle is not really conducive to it. Right. And Zoe implies she was raised on a spaceship. So this is cool. Mm-hmm. And Zoe and Wash, I feel like, are the two characters we do not spend enough time with. Yeah. And... I think that's what makes it so special when we do spend time with them, though. Because I like them a lot. So I, I have that, like, I wish we'd gotten a little more of that. And that's clearly a... Plot line that needed to be explored later. Yes. Uh, part of... I always have this very tangled attitude toward uh, pregnancy and childbirth in shows. hmm Because if it's to incorporate an actor's real-life pregnancy, I'm cool with it. But in, uh, in a sci-fi action show, I always feel like it just sidelines a female character. So we've got one episode left, and you... Love this episode, yeah. so I'm going to give it its due. Yes. Before we jump into it, I, we, I think we should point out that episode 13 is the final episode to air. Yes. So, 
And I know that we kind of poo-poo all over Heart of Gold. I would say it's the worst episode of Firefly. The worst episode of Firefly is better than most things. Yes. <laughs> so I don't want people to be upset that we shit, like, shit all over it. It was still a great, it's still a great show. Um, but it's a weird note to go out on. Yeah. Uh, this is the this was the intended final episode. Is what we're about to talk about. And this is also the final episode that aired on Fox outside of the pilot film. Yes. Uh, so this is episode <gasps> fourteen. What is this one called? Do you this remember? one's called Objects in Space. Objects in Space. So we open with Kaylee with her feet up on. We open with River. Oh. And River just kind of walking around the ship, and then River comes in. Right. To find. Uh, Kaylee and Simon sitting together, and Kaylee's, like, got her legs in Simon's lap. Yeah. Which is a very, like, intimate, like, girlfriendy thing. Yeah. Well, she also, like, slaps him in the face with her foot. Yeah, she, like, kicks him in the face a little bit. And uh, so, again, I was just like, feet again? Feet again. Uh, but I have this idea mm-hmm. that I think this is something that they were going to go with, like, further. Is throughout this entire episode and at other times... River often is shown coming down the steps barefoot and you see her feet first. Yeah. So I think there's this idea of bare feet represents River. Mm-hmm. And now Kaylee is barefoot and very close to Simon. So there might be this kind of feeling of River feeling replaced. I, I was going to say, I think bare feet, bare feet tends to, unless you're in a Tarantino movie, symbolize innocence. Okay. Uh, like... Think about when you were a little kid and you would run around barefoot all the time. Yeah. In like places you would never dream of running around barefoot as an adult. Uh, I used to run around barefoot in the woods. Like. Yeah. I was feral as a child. (laughs) But so they have this like Simon's telling like a cute story about when he made surgeon and got drunk and was like singing the national anthem on a statue naked. And so it's very funny. And Simon and Kaylee are laughing. And then River walks through and Simon looks at River dead serious and goes, and I would be there right now if it weren't for you. And then jumps back and they're laughing. Yeah. It's this weird jump cut that reminded me of WandaVision. If you guys aren't watching WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision's really fun. So I was like, oh, we're kind of experiencing things as River, which is such a cool thing to do last Yes. Because, like, River has seemed insane this whole time. And now it's like, well, this is what she deals with daily. And then we see uh, Book and Jane. And mm-hmm. Jane says, repeats again, I was, I got stupid. The money was too good. Mm-hmm. And then Book goes, I don't give half a hump if you're innocent. Where does that get us now? Like, yeah. Book is really vicious. I have a question. Yeah? Who is Book talking to? Uh... I, I think in River's mind, Book is talking to River. Because I took it as River talking to Jane. I uh, I think it's Book talking to River. Because a lot of this is River feeling overwhelmed, unwanted, and guilty. Okay. Then she accidentally kind of voyeurs her way into seeing uh, Wash and Zoe hooking up in the engine room. Or in the bridge. Mm-hmm. They're full on making out in the bridge. And she gets waves. Yeah, she feels it. Like, but it sounds like an ocean. Yeah. And she also gets it when Malin and Nara are arguing. Mm -hmm. Oh, because in the last episode, we we forgot this despite it being important. Nara plans to leave. Yes. Serenity. Um, And this is another thing that I think only really functions Mm. 
if you factor in the terminal illness storyline. Yeah. Of like, otherwise it's, it feels so pig-headed for these two to refuse to be together. Yes. But it makes more sense if Anara is trying not to make hard emotional bonds, mm-hmm. knowing her time is very limited. Yes. And also, uh, the way that this aired on Fox, you wouldn't know that. So this comes out of nowhere. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that they had this discussion that she was leaving. Yeah. So just all of this. It's is, when are you going to tell the crew? It's yeah, very weird. It's very odd for everybody. You kind of feel like River. <laughs> you feel left out and confused. And then River goes to the cargo bay and it's strewn in leaves and she finds a branch. Yes. And she goes, it's just an object. Doesn't mean what you think. And then we smash cut to what's actually happening. River is brandishing a gun at Kaylee and Simon. Mm -hmm. And Mal gets the weapon from her and says like, no touching guns. And River says it's getting very, very crowded and runs away. And then Mal and Simon have an argument that like, you know, if you, what if she had shot you? You're the only doctor on the ship. We're on the corner of no and where. We are very much alone out here. Mm-hmm. And then we see a ship come up behind Serenity. Yes, yeah, so good. I got chills in you, like, <laughs> describing it just now. And then the, the crew is kind of discussing what should happen and what is River's deal. Mm-hmm. And they start to say, like, they think River's psychic. And Zoe's like, I don't even think River's ever handled a gun. And Kaylee's like, well, actually. Yeah, I saw it and basically explains the whole shooting three people with her eyes closed thing. Yeah, and like, everyone's just like, oh. And there's this kind of debate of, is she psychic or did she do the math? Yeah, she argues that she did the math. Uh, And we cannot skip over Wash saying psychic. It's a little too science fiction for me. And Zoe goes, we live in a spaceship, dear. So? (laughs) Uh, The thing I want to mention here is Jane brings up that uh, River has tried to stab him. (laughs) She's never hurt anybody. She stabbed me with a butcher knife. Because they kind of have this argument about like, Mal blames Jane for leaving his guns out. And Jane's like, I'm not not careful with my guns. Yeah. I'm a lot of things. And he goes, what if there had been hole piercing bullets? And Jane's like, Vera could barely do that. And that's yeah. the best one I have. Uh, let's take this in a not Jane's fault direction. I don't even want her here. And Mal's like, is that what you want to say? And then Jane immediately was like, nope, 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 nope. nope. Um, but there's also a moment where Jane kind of is just like, oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, might have to do some of that math. And uh, Wash just keeps roasting Jane mm-hmm. for, like, sucking. And it's just very funny. And Kaylee's like, there's not a person who could shoot like that. And Simon's like, so River's not a person to you. And it's the first time, like, one of their miscommunications involves Simon getting offended. Yeah. And uh, Mal kind of... Reams out Kaylee for not telling them sooner. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's this part. Are you saying she's a witch? Yes, Jane. She's a witch. She's had Congress with the Beast. Rivers in Congress? Yeah. 
how did your brain even learn human speech? I'm just, I'm curious. <laughs> and like, Inara cuts it off and is like, come on now, get, let's get out of here. Like, let's yeah. get this show on the road. And then Kaylee and Simon kind of have this moment where Kaylee's like, I had to tell them. And Simon's just upset because like River has become attached to the ship and its crew. And he's worried about having to start over. Right. And he's worried that it'll set River's progress back. And Kaylee's like, well, what about you? And he's like, I I thought the hospital was home. Like I thought I was going to be home and make money and be naked. And I would be if they hadn't hurt her. And there's this, Kaylee's like really trying to push Simon here of like, come on. Is there something here that's like cool though? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, come on, is there anything on this ship that you are remotely fond of? And they kind of get like a little bit closer and then book. Yeah, book walks by. Comes in between them and it's like, good night everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> oh god, this uh, the Simon Kaylee relationship is a slow burn, but not. I hate to say, simultaneously not slow enough and too slow. Yeah, like they kind of tip the hand that Simon is interested in Kaylee very quickly, and so there's not the mystery. So it's just kind of like get on with it. Yeah, do it. Because uh, we know they care about each other. And we don't understand why Simon is just like, I don't know. Right. It's very annoying. Meanwhile, outside um, the ship. Me, the airlock opens and someone climbs in. Well, like, we see him jump out of his ship and like... That shot is chilling. On the outside, I was like, that is the most terrifying thing I can think of, is jumping out of a spaceship onto another spaceship in space. Uh... We see this man uh, who I said looks like Ant-Man because he's like, he's all in red and he kind of has the same respirator thing. Yeah, his like armor style. Yes. Uh, this is a man that we will later learn the name is Early. Jubal Early. So I just want to get that name out now so we can start calling him Early. And Early slips on the ship and like smooth as silk and then like just walks into Mal. Yeah. And there's a moment of like, Hmm, who's this? And then they fight. Yeah, which is very, it's very funny. And they're like, blah! (laughs) It's a little Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, Early beats up Mal, throws him in one of the crew quarters. Throws him in his own quarters. Yeah. Like, throws him in his room and then seals off crew quarters. Yes. Um, And then realizes that Kaylee's is still unoccupied. Yes. Uh, And because it says Kaylee's room... He now knows her name. Yeah, so when he finds Kaylee in the engine room, he immediately threatens to rape her. Yes. In this really deeply terrifying, deeply upsetting scene. He sneaks up on her and he's like, Kaylee, have you ever been raped? And I was just like, oh, what? Yeah, like it's intentionally very upsetting. Yes. Um, Oh, I hate this part. Uh, And... So he kind of says, like, you're alone. Everyone's locked in their quarters. No one here can help you. Say it. No one and Kaylee begins to cry and says, like, no one here can help me. Yeah. And so he ties her up in the engine room and is like, I'm not going to do anything to you if I get River. Yeah. And, like, kind of, like, tries to be like, no, I'm a nice guy. Like, 
If I get River, nothing's going to happen. I won't touch you. This character is fascinating. He's yeah. horrible. Don't get me wrong. But I could watch an entire show about just this character. Uh, he hits an insane missile dropkick down the steps to knock out Book. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he runs into Simon. And for some reason, Laura says out loud, I remember why I liked this episode. <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember what spawned, you say, that, you what it is? That happened in that moment that made you say that. Uh, We realized how much of this episode Simon is shirtless. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we actually, I managed to get through so much of this without having to allude to it. When I was a teenager, I had a huge crush on Simon. Yes. Um, I, I should mention this. Uh, Laura has had a huge crush on Simon. And then randomly during one of the episodes, I went, hey, Simon looks like Matt Pat. And Don't ruin this for me. Laura was so upset. <laughs> Um, sorry, Matt Pat, but like, <laughs> I find your YouTube channel grating. Um, don't ruin I, my life. I love Matt Pat. And they both kind of look like you, so. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's all very. Uh, um, can we, I actually, uh, hi, Brian. Uh, Brian, I told you Noah was going to roast me for this eventually. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, we, we get this thing where like, you know. Simon is in River's room, and Early and Simon simultaneously discover that River's room is empty. Yes. And I want to talk about this very strange scene mm-hmm. where Early's basically like, Where's your sister? Are you a lion's? Am I a lion? What? I don't think of myself as a lion. You might as well, though, have a mighty roar. I said, a lion's. Oh, I thought... No, I was... That's weird. Where's your sister? And I was like, wow, this, like, Hurley's very strange. Yes. And then, like, a few moments later, they find Book unconscious. Mm -hmm. And Simon goes, wow, you attacked a shepherd? And he goes, that ain't no shepherd. Is Hurley like River? Um, I also think that, like, I don't know that Early is like River, because I think we kind of established later, I don't think Early is like River. Uh, I do think that Early has chosen his line of work and is good at what he does and knows how to exploit people. He knows that Simon wants to protect River. And Simon's only chance of helping River is maybe getting the drop on early at some point. But, like, there's so many other things that he says that are, like, little question marks. Like, him being able to say that about Book, it could mean he can he knows more about Book just because he's in the room with him. Because he can sense things. It could also mean that he's done his research because he's so good at what he is that he knows the whole crew. Because he's Mr. Super uh, Bounty Hunter. But this whole are you a lion, are you alliance thing is so strange. Like, for him to just not understand words spoken to his face, like, makes me immediately suspicious that there is more to him. Yeah. And that we're not going to (laughs) get. Yeah. 
So, like, I'm so fascinated by this character. And I, I would, like, I'd, I'd watch the early show. I'd watch early edition. Uh, <laughs> every day, because I love this. He's so fascinating. He's so evil. Awesome. I, I kind of think the that ain't a shepherd is... It, he could know more about book than we do. Right. Uh, just because we don't... Again, there's a lot we don't know about book. Yes. Like, we don't know. He may have crossed paths with book before. Yeah. yeah. More, what I'm saying is I know he knows more than we do. Yeah. It's how does he know? Is it a psychic link? Is it like what's going on here? So Simon and Early have an argument where uh, Early kind of establishes that he believes surgeons should be shot or stabbed. He's like, they psychoanalyze psychiatrists before they can get certified. I think it's interesting that he uses mental health professionals as the example. Yeah. Considering he's already been accused of being out of his mind. And he says, that's between me and my mind. I don't think he's like River. Yeah. But I do think there's something uh, unwell. I mean, like, in my head canon, like, the reason he's after River is because he also survived the Academy. Oh, he had, there's a lot of money involved. Like, and he likes hurting people. Uh, so Simon is, quote, helping early. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment where Simon's like, the nice man wants to kidnap you. They go into a Nara shuttle. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the point where we now realize that Simon has a shirt on. And you were like, where did he get a shirt? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe a Nara just like has <laughs> one. Just gave him a shirt. And a Nara doesn't have anything. Um, yeah. But a Nara kind of like speaks up. And... Uh, says, like, you can still walk away from this. And she kind of, like, tries to use, like, companion, like, mind tricks on him. She's like, I know you're tired. And he smacks the crap out of her. Backhands her. He might have backhanded her with the pistol. Yeah, like, she's bloody when he backs up. And then he goes, man is stronger by far than woman, but only woman can create a child. Does that seem right to you? So he has this, like, he's establishing that he has some kind of internal code. Yeah. That we cannot begin to understand. Because then we also get that scene where he's kind of philosophizing about objects in space. Mm -hmm. And And rooms and whether it's still her room if she's not in it. Yeah, and he's just kind of looking around and Simon looks at his shoes and then realizes how close he is to the edge. And he's like, oh, push him off this, this little bridge. And Simon, like, makes a step forward. And early, without looking, puts his gun in his face and says, this isn't your moment. Yeah. Like, to me, he's acting like Dr. Manhattan. Okay. Because he's saying things like, there will be a moment in the future where you have an opportunity to get the better of me. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of like he's already experienced that happening. Yeah. And he's like, this isn't it. Don't worry, it's coming later. He doesn't say that, but I feel like that's the subtext. That's why I'm like, there's more to this dude. So Early gets on the comms and is kind of like over it. Mm -hmm. And he starts to threaten River through threatening Simon. Yes. And this is when we get River saying like, you're wrong. River's not on the ship. River can't come to the phone right now. Why? (laughs) Because she's dead. Because she's ship. Yeah. So uh, she 
implies that she has melted herself into the ship. Her consciousness into the ship, which, by the way, I can't believe how quickly I was willing to accept that. I think that's the point. I think, like, we're (laughs) some... Oh, okay, she's the ship now. (laughs) Especially because they established something as being too science fiction. Yes. So, this could have been a gambit at, like, well, maybe there's magic in this universe. Maybe she just put her consciousness in the ship. Maybe that's... What was that terrible Johnny Depp movie? Transcendence? Yeah, and, like, River's like, you're talking to Serenity. Serenity is very unhappy early. Yes. And then River starts talking about, like, Early's mom. Not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, then River starts communicating directly with various people in the ship. Yes. She comforts Kaylee. Yeah. And gets Kaylee to, like, cut yourself free. Get tools. Something sharp. Don't be scared. I'm right here. Yes. And we don't... We still, like... River could be part of the ship right yeah, now. Yeah, she's the ship. Yeah, and she also... Communicates with Mal to, like, tell Mal the plan. Yes. The banter between Early and Simon is so funny. Like, this shouldn't be, but it is. And Early's like, where is she? And Simon goes like, I can't keep track of her when she's not possessing the ship. (laughs) Yeah, when she hasn't become a spaceship. Now River starts to play the mind games with Early that we saw her do with Badger. Yeah. Like, knowing too much about him. Mm Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, what he did to the neighbor's dog. Kind of establishing that he has psychopathic tendencies. And you see this amazing... It's amazingly cut where he's, like, wide-eyed listening to this. With subtle jump cuts to him having an emotional breakdown. Yes. So, like, you were, again, seeing what's going on inside his mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, all this is so good. And, (laughs) like, early is, like, make her stop to Simon. And Simon's like... Uh, my sister's ship. We had a complicated childhood. Like, Simon is so snarky in this. I think it's trying to show how brave Simon can be when it's River on the line. Mm -hmm. And uh, River kind of goes over what the plan is here. And she's like, I need you all to trust me. And he goes, am I dreaming? She goes, we all are. And then Mal rolls his eyes and River goes, don't make that face at me. (laughs) <laughs> like, so, like, implying she can see them. Yeah. And we kind of see everybody getting ready. And Zoe's like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill this guy. And she goes for her gun and you hear River, no touching guns. Mm-hmm. Again, River echoing what she has been told earlier in the episode. Right. Weird little vignette of Simon and Early discussing a midget that set arson to his ship. Yeah, what was that about? I think it's these weird little moments that, like, early trying to be affable. Mm-hmm. Um, early, like, thinking he's doing well with small talk. Yeah, I, I find him fascinating. And so they they argue, River calls Early out repeatedly. And Early figures it out. Mm-hmm. When she says something about the dog, and then she says, everything in here gleams. And he goes, you're not my Garam mind. You're my Goram ship. <laughs> Just cuts to her on the ship in a spacesuit Giggling, yeah. Oh, I applauded. And I then, like, it. she's like, buttons. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't be pressing stuff. 
I'm putting this away because we're all reasonable people. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's like, put the gun away. And he goes, I'm putting the gun away. And Simon's like, nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him. You still got it. And so they, they kind of have this, like, f- the fight where they're not in the same ship. Yes. And River tells Early, I'll be your bounty. I'll go with you. So that everyone can live a simple life and be with the people they want to be with. Yeah. So, like, she's trying to give Simon permission to be with Kaylee. Yes. And give everyone permission to go on without her. Because she overheard the whole conversation about her. Yes. That everyone had. So you can believe that here in what should have been the last episode that we're going to end the season with River being gone. Uh, And then Simon... Tries to take this moment to get the drop on Early. Yes. Early shoots him. Yeah, he gets shot in the leg. And he gets shot in the leg, and but now he's really pissed off River. Yes. Uh, I want to say that the bang of the gun wakes up Jane. Jane pulls away this, like, uh, cloth that's, like, hiding all of his guns. And then rolls over. And then rolls over and uses it as a blanket. Ah! So good. To, uh, the script says to uplifting hero music. <laughs> and then the, the script literally says, so much for the hero of Canton. <laughs> uh, unlike most of the shows we watch, I have been able to access the full scripts. The full for, scripts? That's cool. Uh, if you're a fan of Firefly, fully recommend reading the scripts because there's a lot of little funny snarky shit in the scripts. That's great. Um, and so early... Thinks he's, like, gonna go back on a ship and join River and they're gonna go. Mal jumps up and yeets early into space away from his ship. yeah. And he, like, bonks off his own ship and goes off in another direction. Yes, like the guy who hits the propeller in Titanic. And then River gracefully. uh, It reminds me of the shot from The Princess Bride. When Buttercup jumps and we see her flutter down into Fezzik's arms. Mm Mm-hmm. River jumps and kind of just gently floats down to Mal. Yes, and I love this conversation. Permission to come aboard, Captain, is what she says. You know, you ain't quite right. <laughs> it's the popular theory. Go on, get in there. Give your brother a thrashing for messing up the plan. He takes so much looking after. So good! She's And they're laughing. Yeah. And I, you do love any moment where River is laughing. Yeah. And I am immediately curious of like, did they take, they took his ship, right? They're not going to leave that perfectly good spaceship in space, are they? I said this when she jumps up. I'm like, River, steal stuff. Yeah. But I could also see them being like, we're going to go get Kaylee or, uh, I guess Kaylee would probably be the best. And she's like, she's going to follow us to a planet so that we can sell this, this ship. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... Then we we get to the infirmary and Zoe is trying to sew Simon up as he coaches her on how to yes, do it. Yes, because now he's been shot and he knows how it feels. And then he passes out. Yeah. <laughs> this line, I'm going to pass out for a minute, but you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, and then, gotta talk about this. Yeah. Do you think Early will get picked up by a ship? And uh, Mal goes... With the amount of air that he had left in his suit and the chances of a ship going by, I would say the chances of him getting picked up are one in a very large number. 
This is directly referencing Hitchhiker's Guide now. Is it? Because that's how the improbability drive works, is the improbability drive on the heart of gold works on improbability. Like, the, it runs on things happening that are so obscure of impossibility. So, what makes it work is... Uh, what's his name? Dent? Yeah. Not Harvey Dent. Arthur Dent. Arthur Dent ends up in space without a suit, which only gives you like eight seconds to hold your breath. And the Heart of Gold picks him up because the chances of that happening are so improbable. Space, says the introduction to the Hitchhiker's Guide, is big. Really big. You just won't believe how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big it is. Uh, and so on. It also says that if you hold a lung full of air, you can survive in the total vacuum of space for about 30 seconds. But with space being really big and all, the chances of being picked up within that time are 2 to the power of 2,079,460,347 to 1 against. Ah. So they have to be referencing this. This has to be a Hitchhiker's Guide reference. So we kind of have the, the aftermath of the fight. And like, uh, Malin and Nara have a little moment where he like, he's like, how are you? And like goes to touch her lip. And like, they have like a little moment. And then there's this great moment with Book and Jane uh, where they're working out together because they're, they're workout bros. Yeah. And Book, uh, don't get me wrong, I gave him a hell of a fight. There'll be poems and songs. <laughs> yes. I love it. And then Kaylee and River sitting together playing jacks. Mm-hmm. Their friendship has been repaired. Um... And Kaylee is now comfortable again giving River guff. Yes. Because River goes like, I can win this. And Kaylee's like, I'm hearing a lot of talk there. Uh, and it's it's very cute. And then we just see Early coming into frame as we zone out. Well, here I am. And... That's the end of Firefly. Yeah. You will never convince me that he is not talking to the people who pick him up. Okay. I 100% he's saying, well, here I am. Come get me. And then the response is, we see you early. Mom, I'm scared. Come pick me up. So, like, God damn it. (laughs) How is this the end of this show? How did they let this happen? Ugh. So we, we obviously talked about how, like, the show was aired out of order, preempted. Mm-hmm. Um, this show has become the poster child for shows being treated badly by yeah. uh, the networks on which they air. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dollhouse has more than one season because Firefly didn't. Yeah. Uh, because when Fox bought Dollhouse, uh, they didn't... Dollhouse didn't do well either. And... But Fox was too afraid of brown coats, mm-hmm. uh, which is what the fandom for Firefly calls itself, to cancel it. So it ran two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show has had an incredible second, third, fourth, fifth life. Uh, the movie Serenity, which we'll be doing for the crowdfund Crypt. Yeah, which we, we did not announce. That is what won the poll. We will be doing like a, Like easily. Yeah, we will be doing an episode <laughs> on Serenity exclusive for Patreon backers. Yes. So if you want to join our Patreon and hear our thoughts on Serenity, that's what you got to do. I have, I have a cute little story that I'm going to tell on, on the free one about Serenity. Uh, I met Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Did I tell the story last week? I don't know. Um, uh, I met Alan Tudyk at... Uh, 
he was in the musical Spamalot. And uh, I had just seen the trailer for Serenity. It just dropped as part of, like, the Batman Begins package. Yes. And uh, he was in for Hank Azaria, and I saw it, and I stage-doored because I was 17, and, like, I don't stage-door anymore because I now find it a little weird. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm so happy because the Serenity trailer's out, and I love Firefly. And he looked at me, and he went, oh, bless you, child. <laughs> and, um... Knowing what I know now about the movie, I wonder what he was thinking when he spoke to me. Um, but it, it, he was very sweet. And I have a picture of him and me somewhere that I'll, I'll try to dig up for the crowdfund crypt uh, episode. But this the show really is why we do what we do. Yeah. When we first developed the idea for the show, it was almost around this show. Yeah, this was always episode 100. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed this show, and it is hard to accept <laughs> that this is where this show ends. Uh, so, what you doing? Uh, you wanted more Firefly, right? Yes, of course I want more Firefly. Oh! <laughs> uh, here's the Legacy Edition Firefly graphic novel. Uh, oh, there this are is great. incredible. Uh, the Dark Horse Comics run has an incredible second life for Firefly. And uh, after watching the first half with you and realizing how much you loved it, uh, I, I rush ordered that for you. This is written by Patton Oswald. Yep. Oh my God. Oh, I can't wait to read this. Uh, I haven't read it either, uh, but I, I wanted to give that to you uh, as kind of this one happy 100 episodes. Yay. And uh, two... It means a lot to me that you loved this show. I did love this show. I watched my father's copies of this show. Yeah. Uh, I stole the DVD from downstairs. And uh, my father passed away yes. earlier this year. Uh, or I guess in 2020. And so this was this is the first of a couple episodes um, that will be sprinkled throughout the next year or so. Where we watch things that, I, I'm, that were things he loved. Mm-hmm. And so Firefly means a lot to me. And I'm going to get a little Apparently. Um, so I, I, I wanted to give you that. Thank you. After uh, reading this tonight. Because <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I can't, I can't accept that there's, like, I understand that there's comics. Yeah, and books uh, that and are books still coming out. Stuff like not, like, there's a novel coming out in like two weeks. And uh, back when I, we were doing stand-up conventions before Corona and all this other stuff, one of my jokes I used to do on stage was... Uh, did you guys hear Firefly's coming back? It's going to be on Cartoon Network, and it's called Firefly Go. And, and everyone got real mad at you, and now and you understand why you're a monster! I completely disagree. If it came back as Firefly Go, I would still be on board. There needs to be more Firefly, period. I don't care about what form it is. And I was so upset that I like started to do some research. Into, like, why wasn't there more... Because you know what? Firefly would be an amazing Telltale game. Yes. And, like, why isn't Fox doing anything with this property? Like, it's a license to print money to just do anything with it. Do a spinoff. Do a reboot. I kind of I kind of have a big news thing. Okay. That I found. All right. Right? Because I was so upset about Firefly canceling that, like, I need to just look to see if there's find something. Well, dear listener, I want you to go ahead and check 
the links below and you will find a change.org petition that I have created. I think if we get enough signatures and we show it to Fox, we can bring back this show. I don't know why no one's thought of this before, but if you sign the change.org petition, we'll show it to Fox and maybe we can bring Firefly back, guys. If you go to change.org. Let's bring bring Firefly back. If you search change.org Firefly, there's like 30 petitions. Well, well, you'll find ours too. Uh, However, they think that uh, there's hope that now that Disney uh, owns the rights mm-hmm. because they bought Fox, uh, that Disney might eventually do something with the property because yeah. Disney's not going to see money laying on the ground and go, nah. Obviously, there'd have to be things that changed. Yeah. Um, it would be very, very hard to do anything with Book's character. Yeah. Uh, given that the actor Ron Glass did pass away he a few years ago. Away, yeah. Uh, but I-, I think we're going to talk a little more about what uh, Firefly would need to look like in the future. After Noah sees Serenity. Yeah, well, I gotta watch Serenity. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this show. I thought it was great. I think there's a lot to rewatching it. Absolutely. People rewatch it all the time. Uh, and, you know, because it's Whedon and because I watched Buffy, I know that he set stuff up in season one for later seasons. Yep. So you can definitely watch stuff and be like, I wonder if this is gonna come up later. Because I, I kind of feel like. There was going to be something about uh, Mal wearing dresses. Yeah. Because there's a moment where they they kind of bother him about him wearing a dress. Like, they kind of pick on him. And he says something like, you don't know my life. And I was like, I wonder if that's, like, true. If we're setting up some sort of, like, gender uh, storyline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so much good stuff in this. And on top of that, like, it tells a great arcing story over 14 episodes and each episode stands alone as yeah. just a wonderful thing. We were calling it, uh, we didn't use this phrase in the podcast, but instead of Monster of the Week, which was the Buffy mm-hmm. term, I kept calling it Douche of the Week. Yeah. And for the most part, the Douches of the Week were left alive. Yes, so they could all come back. For the exception of the one in Heart of Gold. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, they're kind of left alive, so you you could see a lot of people again. And I never got Reavers. 14 episodes, I never saw a Reaver. Like, I'm heartbroken I never saw a Reaver. It, it boggles my mind that there was no Reavers. So, uh, obviously we're both stay tuned, like, real yeah, hard. We're both clearly stay tuned. Uh, hey, thanks for riding out 100 episodes with us, guys. Yeah. Uh, this has been a joy, just recording these, and we're going to keep going. Uh, we need to figure out what our big landmark show is going to be for 150 uh, we're leaning toward Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks or The Cape. Yeah. So, we'll, so that, one of them will be 150. The other one will be 200. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll add a poll somewhere. But yeah. uh, speaking of polls, there's a few things that we have to handle business-wise before we go. The Patreon did decide that our next crowdfunding crypt episode, which is our Patreon exclusive show, will be about Serenity. So if you want to be part of that and you want to listen to that, you can subscribe at $5 and uh, you'll get all of our uh, bonus episodes. It's technically our first exclusive Patreon episode, but hey, you'll get that. Also, you can join our Discord and uh, talk to us about the show. Also, we're going to have our first vote on our first crowd-decided uh, episode of Stay Doomed. Yes. Uh, so we got one uh, suggestion from the Patreon. Okay. Uh, Matthew, thank you for being a patron, Matthew, asked for us to do 
Heathers. The series. Heathers the series. Uh, Which ran on the Paramount Network. Yeah. uh, And started some real shit. Yeah, so... Uh, I already know a little bit about this one, so this will be fun. So we may be doing Heathers, or what else do we have on our poll? Uh, We have Papa No Good, which is an animated pilot with uh, Fred Armisen. Okay. Armed and Famous, which is about celebrities training to become police officers. Yes. And The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys, which was an early 90s Saturday morning curio, but not a cartoon. Yeah, so we, we got a nice mix of things here. The way this works is on Wednesday, there will be a poll on the Stay Doomed Twitter account. You can vote there. The top two will then go to Patreon, and Patreon decide what will be our episodes. Yes. Uh, What do we got coming up on the show? Uh, So our next episode is the reflection episode. We're going to kind of, we started this here, but we're going to really go into like the last 50 episodes and what we're going to do going forward and some plans we have. Uh, so we, we're going to have some real fun with that yes. next episode. And then after that, guys, it's really happening. Megan wants a millionaire! Yes, get excited for Megan wants a millionaire. And then we will find out what our first crowd-voted uh, episode will be. Yes. So it should be all very exciting. Megan wants a millionaire. Which I've wanted to do since episode one, so I really yeah. love that it's episode 101. Yeah. Or well, technically 102. Yes. Where can people find us? You can, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to sign my change.org petition to get Firefly back, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you also kind of had a crush on Simon Tam, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>